I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Strap in and get ready. The leaders in NRL Supercoach are incoming. Bringing you the ultimate insight to help you win your leagues and climb up the rankings. You're now listening to the Insight NRL Show with your hosts, Brain, Metrics, and Whisperer. Yes, welcome back. You're watching the Insight NRL Show and we're talking center wings today. It's uh, it's going to be a long one. So uh, get your coffees, get your beers, get whatever you need to get through the next couple of hours because we've got plenty to talk about. I'm your host, the SC Brain, and my co-hosts, the SC Whisperer and the SC Matrix are with me. Maddie, how are you, mate? What's uh, what's happening in the world of Matrix? Oh, look, I'm excited for some weekend footy, I suppose, coming forward. Um, so NBL Supercoach is over, so yeah, I'm throwing myself into the NRL now. I've sort of you you guys have been uh, have been carrying the load a little bit, but I'm back, baby. He's back. Love that. How are you going, Josh? Firstly. Uh, the last position podcast we did, the top comment was we need to remove the bias and get rid of the Alex Twal intro. What's going on? Why is it? Why is it? Why is it gone? Because we need to change it up every now and again. I no. I think I think it's fair that we go through. Maybe we change the intro whenever there's a good moment. All right, maybe we'll, we should we'll... put Nathan Cleary's try in the grand final as the next one. Yeah, All right, I'm happy yeah. with that. Yeah. I'm fine with that. That works well. Um, Matrix has disappeared off the screen, so that's fantastic. On purpose. <laughs> he was talking about Nathan Cleary's <laughs> rage. I'm, I'm, I'm good, mate. I'm good. I'm good. It's, um, it's been a while since we've done a position podcast, but got a lot of good feedback on the beginner's pod. But, yeah, back into the nuts and bolts of strategy, which is going to be nice. Yeah, big position too. Uh, it's a position we probably, uh, I don't know, it's fair to say maybe with 2RF, the most variety I think that I've seen across teams. So And, and there's a lot of traps 
in, in center wing, uh, especially the cheapies, and we'll talk through them very soon. But, guys, before we do, the show is brought to you by The Standard Squeeze, Ryan from Astute Newstead and Bonus Bank. Make sure to hit subscribe and like if you like the content. Uh, we would appreciate it. And uh, follow review if you're listening to us on Spotify, Apple, Google Podcast, or wherever it is you get your audio pods. And lastly, join our Unlimited League. It's free to enter. You can win at Supercoach Champions Ring if you come first in the group. You can also win a weekly prize if you're the top scorer. The code is 77141. Pretty easy to remember, 77141. Boys, let's talk through. Um, shout out to Matrix for doing these notes because i tell you what, uh, this wouldn't have been a fun one. There's 16. We'll talk through the 16 most owned players. Funny funny number. What? Where'd 16 come from? The 16th player come along and I just felt <laughs> like it deserved a discussion. We, we agreed on, on 15. But it was only like point something of a percent. Yeah, look, Rubes needs to be talked about because I need to ward some guys off him. Yeah, 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 fair. That's that's probably a worthy uh, worthy conversation to have. Boys, the, the most owned, we'll kick that off with Ethan Strange. We covered him in the 5-8 pod, so we won't talk about him again. If you want our thoughts on Ethan Strange, uh, you can head back and watch the 5-8 pod that Josh and I did um, a couple of weeks ago, a week ago. Um, Burbo. 277k, Josh, 36% owned for a good reason. There's been plenty of word out that Schuster obviously is struggling with his fitness and his conditioning. I think he busted a finger and during that rehab, he then twinged a hammy or a calf for the fourth time in three years. There's a lot going on in the world of Schuster. So Burbo is the recipient of hopefully some starter minutes. Yeah, Burbo is that, um, that cool band. Well, for me, he's that cool band that you discover before everyone else. Uh, I had him, I've had him since basically day one. Um, when he was like three percent owned, I was just I was always confident that he'd get the start. But I'm, I'm glad he has. I think he would have won it on merit. Um, just regardless, I think the whole Schuster thing it's just not worked out. Unfortunately, I think when that contract's up, they'll move off him. I feel bad for Schuster a bit. I don't think the money that's being reported is what he's on. I, I have a strong feeling that there's that's incentive. I think it's a Luke Brooks syndrome where the media will just report the max that he can earn based off all incentives. So I think he does cop a bit there. But for Burbo, yep. he's always had that potential. His last name is Trevojevic, so injuries have plagued him a bit. But he's looked every bit of a football player when he's been fit and given the chance. And obviously, we saw him beat up on a bunch of children uh, a couple of weeks ago, scored three tries, looked great, didn't look great in the last trial. But near bottom dollar, that golden dual position that we talk about to our center wing. Uh, on that edge, going to be swinging off his brother, going to be swinging off Brooksy. Um, yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of potential for him playing inside Collar as well, who's going to get a lot of attention. Not really much analysis to give. He's 277k, and mate, by the way, the team lists for Trials Week Two were dropped. Uh, any cheapie that we can get, we'll take. Yeah, and he's got that dual to RF as well, which is nice to have. Um, so I think he's almost a lock. 36% owned for a good reason. I think you you just got to follow the crowd on that move. Um, oh, is there any risk metrics with uh, Schuster floating around in the background? Are you concerned at all about that Schuster might pop no. into this team and take some minutes? Not really. I like you're really disappointed if you have Burbo and then in round three or four when Schuster's healthy comes in and takes some minutes off him. Probably not. He's probably done his job. Um, he's had a good start. There's n- these 200K guys, which we'll talk about a little bit more. I think it's worth spending up and finding 70K for, uh, I'm not going to say a proven gun, but a proven commodity in, in Berber. He's been good when he's got the minutes and he's proven to be a little bit of a utility in the past, maybe not getting a run. But when you see him and he's in the top 13, 
he has to be in your super coach team. And I think he's been stuck in the centres, hasn't he, a fair bit here and there as that Mr. Fix-It when there was an injury, he'd come off the bench and he'd play centre, he'd play back row, you know, so they, they used him wherever they could. But I think if he can lock down that left edge, he's uh, almost a lock. Probably someone who's not a lock, and there's a lot of questions around Bronson Zeri. Um, 345k, 35% owned. Now, I mean, he impressed in the first trial, didn't he? I think everybody saw him come back and play his first proper game of NRL in what was it, four years? And uh, he did pass the eye test. He looked quite good. And there's just been question marks around whether he's going to be in this best 13 or best 17 for the Bulldogs. But, I mean, he's been named again in the centres, Josh. Do you think that this now is telling us, Seraldo is saying, yeah, this guy's in our best 17? Yeah, it's uh, some of the works in social media. I don't read too much into it, but he's featured a lot in the Bulldog social media posts, merch advertising, you know, Q&As. He's sort of been front and center, and he has been for since sort of the start of January, and I've always wondered if there was that there. I didn't think he would be in the run on 17, not straight away. Uh, I thought by around six or seven he would be, but played really well in that trial. But he played on the on the left, which was surprising. And then, I mean, we don't know when they're going to line up. This podcast will probably go out before the Bulldogs game's played. But, yeah, he lined up on the left in the trial. It would be interesting to see Crichton line up on the right. You'd think that they'd want to keep Burton, Crichton, Adokar together. So to see him on the right with most likely Jacob Carraz. Yeah, I mean, there was there was talk about uh, Blake Wilson playing on the wing with Carraz playing at centre, um, which would have, you know, thrown the Sherry thing in the works. I mean... It's one of those ones where you can't really read into it. Like, it's just a gamble. Um, similar to, I guess, John Bateman from 2019. He was 400K when he came in. Obviously, we know Sherry's got proven NRL experience, but it's been four years since he's played competitive footy. Uh, looks good. It's. I'm not going to say no. Uh, never say never. For me, he's not in my initial plans. If you if you allowed me to build my dream 24 for Supercoach, Sherry's not in it. But our hand may be forced a little bit um, with TLT. There's another guy I'd probably prefer from the same team, potentially, and he'll get a mention very soon. But let's move on to the fourth most owned matrix, and it's Taylor May. Now, I'm, I'm surprised he's fourth most owned, if I'm completely honest. I thought he would be top two, to be honest. 33%, 458K. Like, is there a reason maybe that he's, people aren't as high on um, Taylor May? I mean, for me, he's a lock. He was the first center I added, or the first center wing in Supercoach that I added. Um, does it matter that he's at center? I don't think so. Um, I sort of, you have a differing opinion, and I know I've talked a lot off air with you, Braino. You seem to think that he's going to line up on the left. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm the right. Yeah. Here. Yeah, I think that he's going to line up on the right next to Toto. Um, which I think might be a fantastic thing for Toto um, and still really good for Talon May. Honestly, he's 450. He is a proven gun. Like we're spending, you know, 277K on a on a commodity. We're spending 345K in Bronson Zeri in a hope. Um, we're spending 458K on Talon May on a genuine gun. Is he out of position? Yeah, but he plays for the Panthers. He's going to score well. Um, he, in some of the iterations of my team, he is the highest, most expensive, the center. highest cost center wing. Yeah, which is scary, really. Yeah, I've but had. He's, I can't lie. He's a six hundred k guy. Yeah, I've had. I've had him as my most expensive, most expensive center wing as well. And 
for good reason. But in saying that, like the the only reason I think he might play left is because they saw Isaac Tungle. Um, he he ended up on the right at the back end of last year. Now, obviously, with Stephen Crichton moving on, I mean, who do they rate more out of Tungle and May? Is maybe the question because Cleary, we know Cleary floats both sides, Josh. Uh, but he's got a tendency to go right more than he does left. And obviously Toto is their main strike weapon, I'd, I'd like to say, um, on the wing there on the right side. So, I mean, unless we see him swap sides, which I don't think is going to happen, I'd say Taruva stays on the left where he was last year. What are your thoughts on May? Because there's a lot of moving parts, aren't there? There are a lot of question marks on which side he plays. I really don't care. Like, I'll take him either way. I mean, 2022 had a 49 base power. Um which is exceptional for a center wing, uh, which was consists of 29 base, 18, uh, sorry, 19 evade. Those evade numbers are going to stay the same for me. He is a great tackle breaker. He'll get a lot of hit ups over eight meters. The attack may not be there because we saw him at his best in 2022 on the left wing. Now he's going to be either moving to left center or right center, but I'm still projecting him somewhere in the 55 to 57 range at, at, at the worst. Um, he only went under his average, or he's priced at average uh, seven times in 2022, which for a center wing is really good. Seven out of 20 games is great considering how high the ceiling is. And even the games that he went under, his lowest score looks to be a 39. So for a center, that's elite. That's that's excellent to, to have your lowest score as a 39. Uh, I don't really care where he plays. Obviously, I'd like him to be at the right center because the ceiling is that ever bit higher, but... Yeah, he's been an everstay in the Maxwell Maniacs since the team picker has opened, really. And yeah, not really fussed either way. I'm not panicking. Come TLT. I just have preferences of him on the right. Yeah. 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 That's a fair call. Um, boys, Chevy Stewart has uh, been Dun-dun. hunted. Yep. He's gone. <laughs> so. Josh, uh, Ricky Stewart's come out and basically said that, uh, yeah, Jordan Rapiner is, uh, has won the fullback spot was the quote, but I mean, realistically he's won it for round one. Did he win one, it or did play his way out again? Did, did <laughs> he, he win really it or get did involved, Chevy did he? Just... Yeah, that's the problem with him. Like, uh, I think Sherry Stewart will, will be in our teams at some point this season. Uh, Ricky had made it very clear that this is not a, an axing. It's just a not right now. Um, mm-hmm. A little bit like me asking out my high school crush all the time. Uh, it's a no right now, Josh. Maybe, maybe in the future. Uh, hopefully for us, it's better than my prospects of dating. But um, no, he'll come eventually, but it won't be around one, which kills us a bit. His ownership was sky high. I imagine it was three or four percent higher um, than what it was when you guys took the the notes down. So people are scrambling. Uh, James Schiller is looking like uh, the Messiah, you know, held up in lights, and that may be troublesome <laughs> in about yeah, three rounds. Had that back. go, Matrix, a couple of years ago. Was it last year or the year before? I just want... Do you want to play it again? I just wanted, just to, wanted to play it twice. Yeah. <laughs> look, um, yeah, look, hey, James Schiller still haunts my nightmares, but um, Chevy Stewart definitely will if he's still in my team. Look, yeah, you just got to pivot and find somebody that's actually playing footy, and a lot of people will. He's still at 32% owned, but, yeah, in the next week or so, we're going to see that um, disintegrate. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, not really worth talking about too much, but he'll be a conversation later down the would season. You, if, if you're not running any Tigers, would you be inclined to hold? As an enabler and a looper? Knowing I mean, that he'll yeah, come he is basement. 
here's basement price, but I just hate going with enough in round one. It just it's one player you're not making cash from, uh, which which is definitely not my preference to start the year. I like to have twenty five playing players that are possible to make cash. I think I think in two thousand twenty two and before you could have had the question for the weekly with, buys. Yeah, now with the weekly buyers, I think you're always going to have that option. And yeah. I just put the question to you. Like, it's not a strategy that I generally like to run, but I just thought if you know that he's going to come eventually, uh, is it worth holding? But for me, it's not. And yeah. yeah, we're talking Ricky Stewart here. Do we really know that he's coming? Uh, we we don't. Let's let's stop pretending that we know what Ricky Stewart's going to do. He doesn't even know. Um, Kale Iro, unfortunately, probably isn't going to find this side. Uh, we were fuck. We were so high on him in the. Uh, team picker kind of era, I'll call it, <laughs> 219K, like, so 32% owned. He is going to be the Joseph Suwali from about four years in a row where he's yeah. the first one picked in the end of December for everyone and then it yeah. gets to middle of middle of February and we're like, oh, this isn't happening. They're like, oh, Talakai, still there, still at left centre. Okay, we'll push again next year. Maybe <laughs> we'll see how we go. But yeah, no, Kaylee Rowe, get him out of your team. He won't be playing, unfortunately. Uh, Jed Cartwright, an interesting one, twenty six percent owned. Maybe the the dual position to RF is is helping that ownership. Two hundred and thirty eight k matrix. Anything really to talk about here? We haven't seen anything from him in the trials so far. It's yeah, you've got to get. Him I mean, out I mean, he's dual. He's averaged twenty three last year in twenty seven minutes. No, like I actually don't understand outside of being dual why he's there. I mean. The- the jewel's cool, but you don't get points for reserve grade. Last time I checked, so I'm not too sure. And his ownership's rising. Like I put a tweet up uh, on the 31st of January, just about player ownerships I didn't really understand at the time, and he was only 22 owned then. He's now risen, and we've seen nothing from him. <laughs> like it's, <laughs> it's, it's because it, it's like the Stephen Bradbury. Everyone else, all these center wing cheapies are just falling left, right, and center, and they're like, "Oh, he's a Jed Cartwright. I know that name. We'll throw him in there. He's, he's played before." The, the, yeah. The friends that I've talked to that have had Jed Cartwright in their team are like AFL guys, BBL guys looking to get injured to the World Cup and seeing how well owned he is and adding him. Don't fall into that trap. If you listen to this podcast, don't have Jed Cartwright in your team. I could understand it a month ago when there was like intrigue, Kai Pierce Paul was out for six weeks, Dylan Lucas, who's that guy? Or oh, maybe Jed Cartwright, he's played for the for the Rabbitohs, but Kaipi's Paul's back. Jed, uh, Dylan Lucas looks great. Like he's just further and further down the pecking order for me. Yeah, yeah. Frizzell's not going anywhere. There's just no no path to minutes for him. Um, but all right, strap in because Roger Tuivasa Shek has oh! literally his stocks have risen through the roof in the last I would say week, but maybe more so in the last 24 hours. And even in my head, uh, Josh, you're the one that <laughs> kind of broke the the video. <laughs> Uh, about the conversation he had with Monty Beetham and and what that was all about. And obviously there's some reason to be excited for RTS, isn't there? He's making my head rise and it's not the one that you see on screen right now. I'll tell you that right now for free. Um, yeah. That was before the think... video came out. Oh, mate, just watch him at the trial. Like I like literally in this tweet that I just mentioned before, um, I literally had Roger Tuavasa check down here and this was at 15.9%. And I just like, I at the time I was like, I just can't understand why anyone would pick him. Mm-hmm. And then I watched him play against. I wasn't our wasn't our first grade back uh, outside backs, but you could see the involvement was there. And then the question came up like, "Oh, is he roaming?" Um, and 
then, you know, some digging happens. I can't take full credit for it. I do have to find the exact Twitter handle uh, because this gentleman posted a, a link to an interview with Monty Beatham uh, four months ago on Sky Sports New Zealand. And the gentleman's name is escaping me. Uh, if I find it, I'll mention it. But yeah, basically was talking with with Monty Beatham about how Andrew Webster saw his role. Um, and Andrew Webster basically related him back to Joey Manu and was talking about how... Oh, sorry. The the, the Twitter account is uh, Limus. He posted, thank you very much for the information. But yeah, RTS basically in this interview said Andrew Webster had clips of Manu and RTS speaking about how they can both scoot from dummy half, take hit-ups when they need to, get on the inside of Teddy at the time, James Tedesco. Um, and that's the role that he sees RTS playing for the Warriors and then obviously being able to roam as well, which gets our ears pricked because we pay 700k for Joey Manu. And is it fair to say the Warriors are now a better attacking side than the Roosters? I would probably say yes. Yeah. So we're getting If we're getting Joey Manu for 550k in a better attacking team, and a guy that has not missed a beat. Like, I'm really keen. I wasn't, but, yeah, no one's risen higher in my book in the last five days than, than RTS. Matrix, tell me you're an RTS believer. I'm a believer. I'm a truther. He's currently not in my team. Oh, but killing us. But there's a high chance he finds his way in. He is a nice price, but, like... Where do I go from there? I've had somebody since day dot that there's some really good logic behind having him and he's the only way to go there. It is an awkward price, 540K when you want to spend, you know, 350K on three or four of these guys, 200K on two of these guys and load up in halfback and fullback. That's what I'm struggling with. Like RTS doesn't scream don't have Nico Cleary or a couple of elite fullbacks. Does it scream don't have Hammer? I was going to say, like, I think RTS provides more vibes than Hammer. Vibes. We're <laughs> here for the vibes. Did you see him in the in the uh, Maori Indigenous game? That was vibes. Yeah, but have you just seen RTS just in general? <laughs> have you seen him repping Look, that uh, this- Warriors merch? Yes, he's a model. I get it. <laughs> I get it. He's a model, but we're talking about football. I follow Supercoach stats all the time, and he hasn't played for a couple of years. I, look, I have a question. Look, I have a question. RTS with, could be great value. With I think Hammer outscores RTS, but by how much in the first eight weeks, considering that the Dolphins have that early buy? Like, is, is it enough to offset? And the fact that RTS is going to be 50K cheaper. I know when you are the Warriors that there's no such thing really as a bad draw because they are, in my eyes, still a top four team, but the Dolphins do have a juicy draw as well. And they can score. They They can let in a lot of tries as well, but they can score and that's what's going to – like they've got some new strike weapons too. Um, We'll talk about Herbie a bit later on, but Hammer – if he's humming in that Dolphins team, he's going to score a lot of points. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm not, I'm not, not saying you're saying Hammer's bad. Like, I think Braino and I are both shitting ourselves yeah. not owning him. And I'm doing what I can to get him in. I have a team structure right now where I'm $2,000 short of having May, Hammer, and RTS. And I'm doing what I can to make that work. Yeah, it's a good pick. 
I, yeah, I can't argue with Hammer. I've looked at him a million times. I just don't want to copy you, Matty. I want to make it interesting for the season. Uh, usually we have a few players that are different and we kind of ride them throughout the podcast season. So he'll be one I, of them. I can drop Adam Elliott to um, one of those mid-range two RFs and get Hammer, RTS and Talame. But it's Adam Elliott. Why aren't you doing it? Yeah, because it's Adam Elliott's for the vibes. Your team <laughs> would score like 1,500 a week in vibes, I reckon. Mate, 100%. 100%. Uh, no, all right. Let's, RTS, absolutely. We should be looking at him for sure. I, I said in a conversation yep. with you guys in the chat that I was just like, well, I don't know whether I love RTS as my center wing one. Now I, I do. You yeah. And he sent me the link to the video and I'm like, I would love RTS to be my center wing one. What do you mean? Um, but I he just, is not at the moment. Know, I don't know any of this RTS slander. He was always my center wing one. <laughs> <laughs> I was hacked. Uh, boys, let's move on to the ninth most owned. 19% owned, 314K is Jack Bostock. Now, for good reason. Looks like he's locked down that left wing role. Uh, Tessie knew it left center. The, uh, no, there was word through the preseason that those two were battling it out for the left wing, and it looks like we're probably going to see both of them in round one. Matrix, what are your thoughts on Jack Bostock? Is he in your team at the moment, and, and are you kind of on board with a little bit of the hype? He's been in and out of my team about 15 times. He's currently not. Has massive trap vibes. So we've been talking about – we're talking a lot of vibes today, can I say. Um, but we're talking a lot of – He's got low vibes because he's not playing on the side of the field that I think will score the majority of attacking stats for the Dolphins. Um, but – he is 314k and starting on an NRL team. You know who he reminds me of, Josh? He reminds me of his name escapes me. Left winger for Titans. What's his name? Alofiana Camperera. He reminds oh, me right. of Camperera. So one week he's going to score 20 or 15, and then the next week he'll score you a couple of tries and get you 60. I was thinking 2022 Xavier Coates. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. just just moved to the storm. Everyone yep. was like, man, so good. Could, Get him in. He's three hundred and fifty k or whatever it was. Yeah, it didn't work. But yeah, the he's still three hundred and fifty k. The concerning <laughs> thing with 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 the with the stock is, uh, he played sixty minutes on the weekend, scored a try, but only pumped out like forty six total, um, mm-hmm. which wasn't great. And then, mate, the Dolphins have centers that just don't pass. I mean, no balls getting the wingers <laughs> for testing you and Herbie. That's my concern. Um, but he's got a great matchup and probably a decent matchup play, especially early on. Yeah, I think I saw someone talking about the fact that they'll be using the high ball fairly consistently to Bostock's wing. Um, and also for the short dropouts now and, and that are going to become quite prevalent from this season onwards, um, we, we think that Bostock's probably I, going to be the guy that's going to be under I, him. I, I don't think we mentioned uh, how much points you get off being a kick target in our beginners podcast. How many points did you get for being a target? Zero. At least three. Oh, z- oh, yeah. Zero? Oh, cool, cool. Zero. Good. Three. <laughs> I'm joking. So three for the for the beginners out there. Don't listen. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I got to beat someone. Tessie, um, Tessie knew it's more like Tessie glue. Um, I, I think you're not going to see him passing the ball, and need, and you're not going to see Herbie Farnworth passing the ball. So we'll have a conversation about Jermaine Asako very soon. Um, we we Averillo talked about Hammer a little bit. Averillo is better than Tessie knew. Can I say? Yeah, I think I, I think Bos- I think Bostock is the third best player out of that bunch. But I think the fact that Averillo isn't the ba- the greatest on the wing is what gives Bostock the um the 
the the nod and then Kristen Wolf like had huge raps on Tessie. He said he's been one of the best trainers all preseason. Said he was one of the best on ground last week. I would hope so. He, he played against children. Um, but still like there's raps coming out for Tessie News. So it looks like he's got the spot one and then Avarillo just isn't great on the wing, so probably sees him out and you're not gonna drop Herbie uh end or Osaka. Yep. Yep, good shout. <sighs> what about Hammer? Now, Matrix, I want to let you have the floor on on Hammer because you've been you, he's probably been in your team since the team picker. Since I've seen your first yes, draft, yeah. I think he has not moved. 18% own, 600k on the dot pretty much. What's the um is, is it the draw? Like so let me ask you this, sorry, better question. If the Dolphins didn't have this amazing draw, will you be looking at Hammer or is it purely because of the draw? It's not purely because of the draw. I s- one of the first things we did as a podcast network basically was, Brano, you did up the draw. So I had a look at the draw and it's the Dolphins um, that have an elite run to start. Um, we're going to have a lot of discussion a bit later on as to why I don't think Jermaine Asako is a big play this year. So you start to look at look at Hammer. He played 80 minutes a game last year, um, scored 60, was one of those guys that was very up and down. Um, he's somebody that I faded last year. I think he was 330K at the start of the year, and he's finished at 600K. It was a little bit of a mistake. He's an origin player. Um, I think a lot of attack is going to come Hammer's way. Um, even look at that All-Star game, and I know it's just a, a trial game essentially, but he looked confident. He looked fantastic. He's a fullback that's playing in centre wing. Um, he has tremendous upside. Um, does he have a low floor? Yes, he does. But I think with this draw, that rises the floor and rises the ceiling. And I actually thought when I added Hammer and we were having these discussions, these way too early discussions because we do an NRL podcast, I thought that he would be a massive pod. I thought he'd be like, Less than 10% owned, but obviously people have caught on and I think Hammer's a great pick. I think it's hitting it out of the park. Do you think it's hitting out of the park, Josh? Live trade, boys. He's convinced me. He's convinced me. He's he's made me dump (laughs) my boy Adam Elliott for Satili Tupanua. Which has allowed for for actually I'm okay with uh, that. I can live with that. Which 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 has which has allowed for for Hamiso. Um no look. I said, I said before when I was talking about RTS, like I was desperately trying to find the funds to get all of them. The draws, the draws, great. Um, he's great. He's quick. He's elusive. Uh, the Dolphins, uh, they, the Dolphins seem like a team where Wayne Bennett said, just goes fuck it. If we win forty to thirty six, a win's a win. Um, they're happy to concede if they're going to score. They've got great strike. Um, I don't really care if Destiny doesn't pass the ball or if uh, Herbie doesn't pass the ball as long as it's Hammer feeding them. Um, I don't know. I don't know who at Supercoach Hammer has naked photos of to blackmail them into giving him center wing jewel. But I mean, oh, we're going to take. We're going to take it. It's the most. Well, worst. He, didn't he play three center, uh, three games at center last year at the back end of the year? Isn't that what qualifies you? I don't know what the rule is. I'll take it. Like, like, I I like to think I know a fair bit about this game, but sometimes it's if they played an exposition. Other times it's what their plans are for the season moving forward. Like I don't yeah. remember seeing Tom Eisenhuth line up in the centers uh, a great deal last year, but um, I mean I've never yeah. seen Villani Fafita line up in the front row either. So you know we'll uh, we'll, we'll get there. Um, but slide. yeah, look, I think Matrix has hit the nail on the head. The, the draw is great. It's a premium price. Is he a keeper? Absolutely not. 
but you know he's priced at a sixty. You're hoping he goes over sixty for the first eight weeks. I think you can do that, uh, and then you move him on to a fallen gun or you know a cheapie that emerges. Mate, imagine if we get Ethan Strange like round seven. Hammer to Ethan Strange, like yes, please. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm all on board with with Hammer. I'm doing what I can to get him in. Now, I'm going to assume that maybe you're not doing everything to get this next guy in. Um, Xavier Savage, 350K, 16% owned. Uh, he's not. We wouldn't really classify him as a guy who is well-owned. Um, normally, anybody above 20%, you'd consider as well-owned, 16% on the fringe. It looks like he's locked down that wing spot, though. So, uh, I mean, how do we feel about Xavier Savage? Because... We know on the wing you get a little, you get more kind of run meters and, and kick returns and things like that. But the base is nearly non-existent, and I mean, even at fullback last year, his base was pretty piss poor. So, Matrix, what are your what are your thoughts on Xavier Savage? Do you think he's more of a placeholder for most people at the moment, sitting around that three fifty k? I think so. Like Josh has hit the nail on the head that at times, if you need to go down on a player, you start with the higher player. Like if you're sitting there and you're going, hey, yo. hang on, hold up, hold up, pause, pause. If we go down on a player, do we want to we want to reword that. Yeah, oh, yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, you want to go down to a player. Like if you're going Xavier Savage to Jack Bostock once TLT comes out, then you're not going to be disappointed. You're going to end up with a bit of money in the bank. Um, maybe there's a little bit of by the way. He did, he did not understand a word that I said. <laughs> babe, I'm glad I you did. Yeah, I don't want to fuck with. No, because you said he was yeah. going down on a player. We need to unpack this. Yeah. He's not going down on anybody, hey, yo, mate. Hey, yo, hold up. Pause, pause. <laughs> yeah, that's that game. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, Maturity anyway. of 15-year-olds on this podcast. Matrix, the most hey, uh, mature person on the pod for the first time ever. <laughs> mate, I don't know if you've heard around here, but I make the jokes. Um, yeah. <laughs> Go on, push on. You, you need to give us your analysis but, now where the, where the jokes is. Yeah, look, basically Xavier Savage is a 350K player that is starting in an NRL team. Um, what worries me is Canberra aren't really good at scoring tries. Um, they're not even really good at offense. I'm not even convinced they're that good at footy. Uh, but I just think that <laughs> Xavier Savage isn't somebody that I'm looking at. Unless it's a bottom dollar cheapie, I'm really not looking at Canberra too much outside of Hudson Young. So, I mean, when we look at Savage, he's priced at 34 so he's priced at a 34. So do you think that he won't be able to beat 34? Or do you think there's not 10 points of value in Savage, Josh? No. <laughs> isn't that really awkward? Isn't that really awkward price, isn't he? Like it's it's 35 is kind of gross. Um, yeah. Matrix said he is a cheap player starting for an NRL team. And I agree from round one. How confident are we that he starts round two? Because you've got Albert Hopawade, you've got Nick Cottridge, you've got Seb Chris, and then Jordan mm. Rapiner. Like Jordan Rapiner has come out and said multiple times, I do not want to play fullback. Uh, and either Ricky says, I don't care. You'll do as I say. Or he said, this is just give me a one-week thing. Please cover for me until Seb's back. So I don't see Albert Hopawade getting dropped. I mean, James Schiller is fine. But Seb Chris can move back into center if if this Rapana experiment at fullback stays there. Um, Chris, not Chris, Savage is probably seven points too, more, too expensive for what I want to pay. If he was like 280... Yeah, I'd roll the dice, but not at 350. Boys, 12th most owned. Very interesting. Saw a far logo from the Melbourne Storm. 15% owned. Now, I wonder we why he's seen... in bold. He's the only player here that we've got in bold, and I, I wanted to wonder why. 
Do you want to know why he's in bold? Because he's the not he's the only player that we will not be talking about for the rest of the podcast. Sweet. I'm happy with that. Because there cool. is no point. Um, unfortunately, from what it looks like, we're not going to see much of him to start the season. And and don't get me wrong, when he comes into contention, if there's an injury or Remus Smith uh, inevitably shits the bed, like we know that he will. For some reason, the guy keeps getting picked because Bellamy loves him. But um, there, there's got to come a time where you start to blood these younger guys and Remus Smith seems to be the first one in the back line going. Then, I mean, maybe he gets a crack, but I don't know. Like, I, don't know. I love I'm him as a player. Ha- I'm pretty happy if we re-sign David Nofaluma in like a sign-in trade and we just head into <laughs> Melbourne and they give us... So if our logo, and then we can just ship off Charlie Sainz to the Blacktown workers for all I care. Like, (laughs) he needs to play for it. He needs to play footy. Like he needs. We've seen he's good. He was exceptional. Him and and Jonah Pezzett and like another one of these like young guys that they're probably not going to get a crack anytime soon. I mean, Fat Logo is probably more likely uh, than Pezzett, but yeah, there comes a time when you're like, Remus Smith is he's he's fine, but Mm -hmm. do Melbourne want to be fine or do they want to try and blood this guy? So yep. you've got yeah. to get him on the field. Simple as that. We go from we go from one exciting but, but not for Supercoach. No, not for Supercoach. We go from one yeah. exciting freak, like probably one of the most uh, energetic players of all time, to to Drew Hutches. <laughs> oh Jesus. All right, that'll do for today. See you next time. What a set of everyone's up. teams. He's been in my team. Yeah, he's I'm been in mine lie. too, but I don't like it. Nah, neither. There's another guy. So I don't Oh, don't been playing half. Um, I yeah, I mean he is good. Like he's a good footy player, good organizer. I think Burton's gonna take all the touches. Crichton might roam. Um, Blake Taff will be in there. I just, I, yeah, you don't get points for for looking cool. Unfortunately, that's why Cooper Cronk was never a great super coach option. Um, and that's the very first podcast you'll ever hear someone compare Cooper Cronk to Drew Hutchison. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good. Good shout. I, I don't think we need to talk too much about him. I, I think maybe people are picking him because he's named at halfback. Um, but, you know, how much is he going to do in that jersey is is the, the question, I, I guess, that we don't have the answer to, but I don't think it's going to be too much. Um, Jesse Arthur's matrix is a your Broncos boy, 376K. He's the 14th most owned, 13%. He's been in and out of my team about 15 times as well, same as Jack Bostock for you. Is he still there for you? Do we do we see uh, maybe people got turned off what they saw at him at fullback in the um, Indigenous Maori game? You know what? He's not still in my team. Um, he played plenty of games last year and averaged this. I can't really see that much changing for him. Like, mm-hmm. I just think this might be what he is, like a, a serviceable winger. And that's all it is. Yeah, he's 376K in a Broncos team. Um, but what's changed? Like, Corey Oates was injured for the whole of last year. So he got his chance. Like, what's changed to make him? Since 2020, he's averaged 34, 38, 37, and 37. Like, if he averages 45, fine. But if I'm spending 376K in center wing, I want more than that. I mean, coming from a Broncos truther. So if, if that's yeah. not uh, if that's not a message, then I don't know what is. But I, I'm getting the same vibes. Um, so yeah, I, I'm pretty happy to move on from him. But these last two guys, boys, are what we would call premium. So it might be worth holding both of them because there's a conversation to be had very soon about yeah. both of these guys that 
I mean, you, you, people are spending up for both of them. Um, so we'll definitely have a chat about them very soon. But we should chat about Inside Unlimited, lads, because there's a bit going on in the Insight world in the uh, in the background. And for anybody who doesn't know, uh, Insight Unlimited has just dropped about maybe three to four weeks ago, which is really exciting. We've been putting a lot of time in the background to making this work and, and bringing you something that's that's pr- pretty cool. And it's going to hopefully up your Supercoach game. So for less than 50 cents a week. Inside Unlimited is going to give you everything that we have to offer. It's going to give you our final teams, our weekly trades, our captains, exclusive Q&As in our Discord. You can ask us anything that you want every single week. Hot off the press team news. As it comes through as well, we've got channels dedicated to injury news as well, uh, all in one place and much more. And not to mention, uh, it, it isn't just NRL, boys. It's uh, we've got a team of super coach experts in every single sport, from AFL and NRL to BBL and NBL at the end of the year. Get inside our minds with Insight Unlimited for just $25 for the full year. So if you're serious about taking out the Insight Supercoach World Cup, which we're going to talk about very soon, uh, it's very worthwhile investment. Or maybe you just purely want to support the show and you like what we do, uh, and we would appreciate that. So um, you know we can bring you better content and take the show to new heights. Uh, your hard-earned money goes a long way, and we really do appreciate it. So you can become an Insight Unlimited member today by joining the Discord link. It is in the description below. Uh, and then there'll be a channel that says Insight Unlimited and all your info is right there. Let's talk premiums, boys. Um, I mean, the first guy on the list is Greg Marju, and for good reason. This guy was a must-own last year, and I can tell you what, I can't argue with anybody at all that shows me their team, and Greg Marju with their CTW1, Josh, he's he's a gun. I hate Greg Marju. I had a a raging stonk on for him all the preseason last year, and then the prick decided to miss a bus, and then Adam O'Brien dropped him for a week, and that made me not start with him, and then I never got him back in. Um, he was unreal last year. He was everything that we had hoped. For anyone that hasn't played Supercoach, um, we, myself and many others, had hyped Marzu up for years, um, years and years and years, and he never cracked it in first grade. He is not good defensively. We saw that last year, um, so that was always his sticking point, but... Got the role last year and was exceptional. Um, one of the best bases. The Knights had a resurgence in attack and he was just in everything. Unreal. Uh, I think he is priced at value. Um, but, I mean, we've, we've spoken about with these keepers that we're happy to take a small loss on them because we're going to have them all year. Same as same as Brenner. If you have Mazu, I, I can't really tell you no. Uh, as it stands right now, boys, is Mazu in the community team? He's not in. No, he's not in ours. Oh, no. He would have just missed the cut, surely. He had some votes. That's for sure. A lot of switched on. A lot of switched on managers. Uh, yeah, I really like him, Mazu, and I like Mazu. I think Mazu's a must-have if you decide to go like Pappy over Ponga. I think you need someone in that Knights attack, and if you can't get Ponga, then I think Mazu becomes a must. Fair shout. What are your thoughts, Matrix? Look, let me tell you a little thing about stacks. Um, look, if Ponga scores well, Marju is going to score well. Ponga's been great. Um, in draft, I just took Marju with my second draft pick. That's how high I am on him. Um, but it's just a lot of money to go and start the year with. I think I will own Marju at times throughout the year because tell me Marju doesn't have the most super coach friendly game out of anyone. Apart from maybe not goal kicking. 
Yeah. I mean, like when you look at yeah, his um his base, uh he had the fifth highest base power last year, which was 49. So I think when we'll talk about the leader very soon, which is which is an interesting conversation to have. Um but yeah, his base 32, which is which is pretty solid, but the amount of opportunity he gets on that left wing with Kalen Ponga's preference to sweep left instead of go right. I think it's yeah, the, you mentioned the stack. The stack is ideal. The Maju Ponga stack is probably one of the best stacks in the game. Maybe the Dylan Brown, Sean Lane stack could rival it. But I'll tell you what, if you want a nice little fullback left fullback wing combo, I reckon they take the cake as as the best stack in the game. If you'd have to nearly not have Nico or Cleary to be able to afford it, that's my probably biggest gripe with it. I've had teams where I've played around with my team and I'm like, how do I get Marju in? And it looked like two, it looked like Sam Hughes is my front row forward too. Uh, I had to take a, a bit of a hit at two RF. I also had to go ultra cheap in the center wing to try and fit him in. And for me, the way I like my team structure, it just didn't work. But I, yeah, like we've said it a number of times. If you can fit him in and you like it, he's, almost a must have, and you will own him at some point of the year. He will be the goal. He will be the guy that you want to upgrade and get to in the center wing. And you just chuck him there and leave him there for the season. So um, I can't argue with anybody getting him. Um, the thing with, sorry, the thing Josh, with Mar- the thing with Mars is as well, like he may not score, but he'll still put up 50, mm-hmm. which is, is mm-hmm. absolutely fine. Like if you see the Knights get battered 30 to six, Marzi will still end up on 45, 50 points, which is, you know, what you want from a bad week from your center wings. Um, yeah, his coefficient of variance was, uh, no, that was not him. That was still Talon May. His coefficient of variance was still, was still very, very low for a center wing. Um, one of the best. So he's not someone that's going to fluctuate too much and it's going to be rage trading. Uh, he's also a guy with his base. If he gets two tries, it's 150 points. So it's not like an Alex Johnston where he needs two tries to get to 80. Uh, two tries for Marzi will get you 150. Yeah, Marjorie's was 36%, which is that's, great. That's, yeah. that's mental. Like, that's the same as Taylor May, who we were talking about earlier, is one of the most consistent center wings in the game. So, um, elite, elite areas from him. Yeah, absolutely. Get him in your team if you can make it work. Uh, this next guy, we are fading at all costs in Jermaine Asako. 10% owned, 783,000, coming off a career year last year. When you look at his stats, he scored 1,841 total points last year, which I think put him in the top three from memory, um, which is insane considering the season he had was 1,015 points, which is 830 points difference uh, in terms of a career year. 77 average, obviously played his 80 minutes. His base was 28. He had uh, 27 points scored per game. So that's probably a try and two goals per game as a bare minimum. And obviously as a goal kicker, it's really attractive to have a guy on your team where your team's going to score points. Josh mentioned the the Dolphins are just swinging from the fences in terms of just all attack and no defense, bit of the Atlanta Hawks of the NRL, you could probably hmm. say. Um, but there is a big change this year, Matrix, in uh, the person that's inside him this year doesn't have a preference to pass the football. So does that hurt him having Farnworth inside him this year? Yeah, look, I've watched a lot of Herbie um, on the field, off the field. He's a beautiful man. Um, but, yeah, look, I don't think that he's going to be assisting for too many. Like, he is a devastating runner of the ball, and I think Jermaine misses out this year a little bit. I think he's still going to goal kick. Like, the Dolphins aren't the the Raiders. Um, they are going to score a lot of points, and Jermaine's going to convert them. But... 
Herbie inside him is enough for me to stay away, even if it's not as big of a drop as we might think. Um, I think there's a hundred percent going to be at least a seventeen point drop this year. So, Josh, like you got ten percent owned for Osaka, you got six percent owned for Marju. Marju should be sixteen percent owned realistically when you look at those numbers. Yeah, hundred percent. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he averages fifty-five. Um, and that's nothing to do with him. That's just to do with who's inside him. And I think the Dolphins will be better, which is a weird thing to say to, for, for such a significant drop-off. Um, yeah. We saw Osako go through stretches last year of, like, he's worst. And I think his worst will be more prevalent this year than what it was last year. His goal-kicking will still keep him respectable. It's not like we're saying he's going to average 35. Um, the goal-kicking will still keep him up there. And the, the, Titan, the Titans, the Dolphins being an attacking-minded side, will keep him in in the fray. Um, he is a great guy to trade for and draft after about seven weeks when someone just gives up um, on him. But in classic, I'm not touching him. Uh, you couldn't give me 760K to, to touch him. I'm just, I've got no interest at all. I was so high. Like we, we sat here the end of December, early January, you had him in your team. And I was like, ah, mm-hmm. not for me, but I can, I can really understand it. Um, mm-hmm. Hell, I'm sitting here with make a Sevo in my team. So I'm all about that. Uh, risky business at the center wing, but Sarko, like I wouldn't be surprised to see him 500 K after round 10. Tell him he's dreaming. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. Um, Mate, all, that, all that inside unlimited money you've, you've pocketed. It's just going towards all these soundboards. You've got lines. <laughs> hey, someone's got to do it boys. Someone's got to do it. It's uh, yeah, it's going to be me. You're going to get plenty of those this year, boys. Um, I'll tell you what you're not going to get plenty of in my team. Dane Gagai, 739. 9K Matrix, you've got a, a very specific opinion on Dane Gagai. Do you want to share that? Um, I said lose my number in the notes, and I said what <laughs> I said. <laughs> Good. That's that's the deepest analysis we're going to get, I think. Uh, you know what? Here, here's a fun fact. Is this going to change your mind? Dane Gagai had the highest average base power score average last year by any center wing player by seven total points. Cool. 58 average. He had an average of 72 over the season last year, but 58 in base power is insane. So the next highest was Dylan Lucas at 51, and he obviously only played, I think, seven games. Then you've got Jack also, Bird. Also not, also not a center wing as well. Not a center wing. And then you've also got Jack Bird at 50 base power, and he kind of shifted between fuck knows where, yeah. edge and He's God knows where, like center wing. Hospital. And, yeah. Yeah, he's yeah, in a leak. I, I didn't want to, didn't want to say it, but someone had to. And then you have got Joey Manu and Greg Marju at forty nine each. Herbie at forty eight. So like, and Karaz at forty eight. So there's your relevance there in comparison. You have got Brian To'o who averages forty seven base power per game last year, and then you have got Dane Gagai at fifty eight, eleven total points above someone like To'o who's very renowned for his base. So I thought that was a very interesting stat. Does that make you any more interested in Dane Gagai? It's just the price, I guess. If we could get him at sub 600, everyone would be locking him into it into their team. But just with Ponga's tendency to go left, how much ball is he going to get? How much opportunity? Um, Sorry, that's me putting my headphone back in because you're still talking about Gagai. Fair shout. Fair shout. It's... um. Like, you look at the center wing averages last year, and, like, I thought Brian Kelly had one of the most underrated seasons last year, averaging 64. And then you look at Dane Gagai averaging, like, over 70. Like, what the fuck did I miss? Like, was I just not watching footy last year? Like, I feel like he was a guy where people said to me, oh, what do you think of Dane Gagai? And you always just instinctively go, 
why? And then you realize you average 72 and you're like, holy shit. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you to check yourself into a facility for looking at Dan Gagai as I would with Asako. Um, he has more merit, but the merit is about as good as Nathan was in set of origin, which was not very good. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Good. Let's move on then from Dan Gagai, shall we? Uh, to Valentine Holmes, uh, uh, the heartthrob for Matrix in 2023. Uh, I reckon every single episode that we did last year, Matrix managed to mention Val Holmes in an episode somehow. Even when he wasn't playing, Val Holmes got a mention. Now, he's a, real, he's, he's a real center wing that we can sink our teeth into. Yes. None of this faux, faux Gagai, faux psycho rubbish. This is a real center wing we can hook into. So you're saving 50k between Azarko and Holmes. Are we? You we're picking Val Holmes over Asako. You're saving 50k. You're saving the humiliation of being ranked 15k. You're saving <laughs> the stress of watching Asako score 27 points. Yeah, I'm keen on Val, especially with the Cowboys bounce back. Um, big, big preseason 2023 vibes here, and it could go devastatingly bad. But also, in, in, in saying that. I remember it was after like five weeks. Everyone was like, oh my God, Val's been awful. No, yeah, he's, he's been terrible. Like we all piped you up. I think he still averaged like 65 in the first like five weeks. Like yeah. He was still unreal. Like, Yeah, his first five rounds of scores last year were 63, 47, 67, 69, 60. And you read social and media an and they made it out like he was, uh, I'm trying to think of someone really, he, he was, he was Charlie Sands. Yeah, for you NBA like NBA heads out there, Jordan Paul Jordan Paul's a great example. But yeah, like people were making out like he was Charlie Staines last year after the first month and a bit. Like he was still really good in a crap team, and then the Cowboys got good, and then he finished with a seventy plus average. And I think the Cowboys will be good from day one. I'm keen on Val. I'm. Are we? If we're paying for Val, are we finding the extra fifty k for for Mazu? Yes. Okay. Yeah, you have to. Like you, do you I think, think that's you the problem. Is that much better? I think he is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I just we see. Oh, oh, actually, you know what? This all hinges on Ponga's health too. Because I tell you oh, what, Ponga if Ponga goes, goes down, goes down it's early, disaster. It's disaster <laughs> yeah, it's it's Marju straight out. So yeah, but look, Ponga's healthy at the moment. Hopefully, he stays healthy. Marju's a must that's, have. That's the thing with Val. Like we saw him be great without drink water. We saw him be great with drink water. Like he is just he's. Sweet. Like, he's yeah. going to be good all year round. Yeah. I I don't see the difference between last year and this year, except everybody had him last year and nobody's got him this year. I say nobody. I don't even know what it is. 9% of people yeah, have him too. this year. It's a great pot if you're spending up. Like, so is Marju because yeah. only 6% of people, can I say can afford him? Because I feel like yeah. most people want Marju. But, like, Val's a great pod, and he's got good base. Like, he's just elite. Also has a great draw. Um, Dolphins, Knights, Dragons, Broncos away, which isn't great. Uh, Titans, Parramatta, Sharks. Like, that's a pretty ripper draw if, you, if you're the Cowboys. And then even into Origin, you've got Dolphins, Gold Coast, and the Tigers. So and he, will, he will always back up. Like, he's a renowned back, backer up. Um, great English here by me. Backer-upper. And yeah, he only missed... So his major buys are 16-19. And he was out of those anyway. Yeah, He was already missing those. So Westwood. So he only misses the... Did you know he was the Jets running back? 
Rears? Oh my god! I, I actually I was tanking for Bijan Robinson, and he was my, yeah. he was my starting running back for uh, about three weeks. I needed just to absolutely tank. So Val was in my in my team for tanking for Bijan, but yeah, he misses. <laughs> this is what he misses: the Roosters away at Alliance, nothing and nothing. They're the only games he misses this year, which is one of the best Origin draws to have. Uh, yeah, you, you're kind of making me now rethink my. Would you just get Marju? Like, I don't think it's see. I, I think Marzu's ahead, but I don't think it's it's by as much as what you boys think. Like I so think Val, I'm, I'm really keen on Val. Maybe the question becomes: Is he five points better? Because technically, he's priced five points better. Marzu over Holmes. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah. Holmes isn't relying on Ponga. Like, Ponga goes down, Marju goes down. You're also, if Marju goes down, Marju goes down. If anybody goes down on the, except for Val, if anyone goes down on the Cowboys, Val is fucking sweet. He probably gets more balls if someone goes down. Pause. Stop saying people going down, man. We need to reword your uh, <laughs> vocabulary. Um, but that, that's what I was saying before. Like, if if Drinkwater goes down and Chester plays fullback, yep. that's cool. Like, nothing changes. If Chad Townsend goes down, North Queensland cheer for joy. It's fine. Like, nothing changes. Um, Val's going Val's gonna to eat. And he's going to get his every week. I'm actually – I'm not going to start with him, but I'm very, very keen on Val. Mm-hmm. What if Dearden goes down? Because I reckon he is the most influential in terms of Val. I still think Chad can give serviceable ball to drink water. Like Chad's Chad's no mug. Like he can still just shovel the ball to drink water and say, "Hey, play. look, if Dearden and Drinkwater go down, the Cowboys are in a world of hurt, and Val's probably not great." But fuck you, you walk under a lot of ladders and seeing a lot of yeah, black there's cats. A lot, yeah, there's happen. a lot going on there. Yeah. Um, let's move on to these last two boys before we move on to the chair. Sorry, Matt, did you have one more thing to say? No, I was just waiting. I was just gonna go. Yeah, no, when was, you bring up the next, yeah, I, was, I just wanted to really. I don't think the gap between Miles and, and Val is as big as what you think it is. Yeah, fair enough. I think maybe I'm just so high on Marju, and maybe more so the stack with Ponga. Maybe that's, oh, that's yeah. Where yeah. If you up. can afford both, it's it's that's different. That's obviously we're, t- we're getting into more strategy there because you're getting the stack. But like, if you can only afford one, I still think it's Marzu. But like Mars, basically the question is like, is it Marzu and Ka- and and Pappenhausen versus like Ponga and RTS or something like that? Yeah, what can you do with the 50k? And I tell you what, you can do a lot with with what's going buy, on at the moment. You can't buy Ruben Garrick though. You cannot, not a chance. No, ten percent owned. This is gross. Ten percent owned. Seven hundred and twenty-two k. Thinking we're playing left wing again, surely? Look, yeah, it's the goal kicking winger. 
isn't it? The the attraction and maybe people are looking at his stats last year and they're looking at him at fullback, not really realizing Turbo was out. Um, if we look at Garrick from last year and the scores that he got in the centres, I think the majority of them were under fifty. Um, let me. I don't know, man. There's, there's someone certain on this podcast that vice captain for one of those games, and it was the good one. Yeah, well played, sir. I don't know why. Uh, Thirty-five. So he scored thirty-five at centre, and then he got the hundred and sixty-nine. I'm assuming you're talking about there. Uh, then he followed it up with a, t- a beautiful twenty-six, uh, and then a sixty-two. So very up and down. Uh, but more often than not, we're talking down at centre. I mean, the the attraction's just not there. I, I guess when maybe maybe for everybody kind of trying to understand where we're going with this, Josh. Like, what what's the difference between centre and and wing in terms of output uh, for Supercoach? Not even centre and wing. Like, go back and look at the last four or five years of the top scoring centre wingers. They're either the left centres or the left wingers. Uh, more most most likely the left the left wingers. Uh, I'm probably going to be able to do that really quickly. So if we just look at the we look at the top center wing averages from last year. We have Jordan Pierre, not enough game size. Silver Fagalonga, not enough game size. Greg Marzu, um, Tom Jenkins on the left, uh, Val Holmes on the left, Ruben Garrick on the left, Brian Tott on the right, Dallin Wattelian, Lezak on the right. Um, there's more trending towards left wingers than there is any position. And all the talk for mainly this preseason is it's going to line up with Jackson Paolo, uh, Taltel Kola, and uh, obviously Ben Trevojevic on the left-hand side with... How about Ola Kawatsu, Ruben Garrick, and Jason Saab on the right-hand side? We know Turbo loves to hit left. Um, he's probably better than Ponga at it uh, on his best, and that's saying something considering how good KP is. There's just going to be less ball for for Garrick. He fed off Turbo being in the side, being on the wing, but then obviously being him at fullback. The, the question for, for Garrick arises when Turbo inevitably does go down, um, but does he even play fullback? Like... They sort of they played weeks of fair bit like there last year. I mean, Cola can play um, at fullback. There's no guarantee that Garrick lines up there. So uh, for me, shout out to uh, Phil, but I'm not keen on Garrick one bit, not even in draft, because he's going to be way overdrafted. He, there's no value in any format. Yeah, unless you expect Turbo to go down or you expect something to happen there where there's a move. But I, even then, I think he's locked into center. He's he's said that he wants to play center. So um, Brian Toto. Oh. Matrix, 720K, not very well owned. I don't have the, the number here, but it can't be more than 5%. Um, but a little bit of love from you. I, I know that you're a big Brian Toto fan, as as are we, for obvious reasons. Yeah. But um, you've got to, I mean, with, with the price around that point where you're looking at guys like Holmes for an extra 16K, I, I mean, what's the appeal with Toto? He's on an elite Panthers attack. I hope Taylor May plays inside him because he's had glue hands uh, Crichton in beside him and he still scored really well. I am so high on Toto that my autocorrect, when I type in two to anybody, autocorrects to Toto. (laughs) I am the same. It is, is, like, that's how much – Siri knows how much I love Toto. Um, 720K is really hard for me to spend on anyone, but – I think there's a real argument for Toto over some of these other guys, especially like if you've got Garrick in your team, like either delete the app or just move across to Toto or Val Holmes. Like Toto's going to be a beast. I think he could be better. He could push 800K at certain times throughout this year if Talon May is the guy that's inside him. If like Braino thinks Tungo's inside him, he's in exactly the same position. And then he still has 720K. How good? The Panthers haven't got worse. 
Are we living in 2021? Because that was my, that was my thinking. It's like he, yeah, we're still living on the greatness of of PBL ball. He was not good to start the year. 43, 67, 57, 65, 112, 67, 29, 46, 89, 54, 58. That sounds great. For Brian Tyler, that's terrible. Um, finish the year, like, amazing. 104, 84, 108, 77, 100. Like, he finished the year exceptional. And is this the Talamay syndrome? Like, of – sorry, is this the Terrell May syndrome where we're jumping on the back of a great end of season? Um, I think him losing Crichton is huge. Um, I can't sit here and poo-poo on Brian Toto because he was in the very, very first iteration of my team when the app first opened because I was like, oh, no, Crichton, Toto's going to be great. Uh, and then I pivoted to Talamay when the reports are that he was moving to the right. Yeah, it's tough because we're, we're going to see him now with no Crichton. Um, I'm going to let it go through to the keeper for the first six weeks and then let's recess. I'm not ruling him out because if he looks great and Talent May is looking great, I'm not against having the triple stack of Cleary, May, and Toto because we saw how good May and Tungo lined up together. Like they they combined very well. And if Toto and May can line up uh, the same, then amazing. Uh, even May and Tungo, like, oh, sorry, even um, Toto and Tungo, like I'm happy with either of those. But I think if I had the money to spend, I would find it for Val um, because I know what I'm going to get from Val. And I just want to see what I'm going to get from whoever pairs Toto, whether it be Tongo or May. Yeah. Quickly did the math while you were talking there. It was 62 average for the first 12 rounds and then finished with an 86.5 in those last six games. So that 86.5, that's 24 points above his average for the season, essentially, uh, which is going to bump his price up monumentally. So when when we're paying 720K on a 71 average from last year. The old Tom Flegler syndrome. <laughs> hey, that eighty, that couple of 70s, 79, 76 or whatever that Flegler got bumped his price up four points. We're looking at the same, probably even more from from Toto with his finish to the year. So, yeah, we're, maybe maybe we are paying a little bit too much to get to him. Um, you know, especially with twenty twenty one, fifteen hundred and twelve points last year, fourteen twelve, so a hundred less, thirteen average less. Um, yeah, and it all depends who's inside him. I think for me, um, but yeah, I, I think there's probably better options around that around that price point. Their draw boys, also is not amazing. Uh, Melbourne away, Parramatta at home, Broncos at home, uh, Roosters at home, Mel- uh, Manly at home, and then the bye. I think you can really target after that. I mean, you've got the Tigers, Cowboys, Souths, Bulldogs, Warriors, Sharks, Dragons, Manly, Newcastle before the bye. Um, he doesn't have the greatest buy structure. He will miss... Oh, actually, no. He's got a very similar to, to Bell Holmes. He does miss the Dragons uh, at home in round 13 which is going to suck because that's a matchup you want. But his buys are in round 16 and round 19 as well. So he only misses those two. Um, I mean, if Penrith are walking the league again, he might get rested in uh, 17 and 20. But if it's still tight, um, you know, touch and go. Ivan Cleary has shown that he doesn't care too much about the minor premiership. I think he did like when they, when they won it three years ago. But the last two years, he's just said, he, I don't really care. Um, so he's a bit of a prone to arresting. But... From round seven to round twelve, like they're really great matchups apart from the Warriors in New Zealand. Apart from that, I'd be very happy to own Toto. Yep. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I mean, we're talking premium. We're talking seven hundred k plus. And I, I know I did a poll on X maybe three, two, three weeks ago, and uh, said what was who was your most expensive center wing? Uh, we had, I think it was twenty nine percent that had six hundred k plus. 
And then 500 to 600K was like 24%. Most of the ranges were between 20 to 29%. So it's very spread. Um, and that's obviously X. It's a very small sample size. But, uh, you know, we don't see, I, I guess, many people paying up above that 700K mark. It's going to be very interesting. I really to see wish you could run like. polls on Facebook because I'd love to see the difference between like a Supercoach Central and X. Like X yeah. is more hardcore niche. Like I think that's yeah. fair to say. Um, yep. So yep. I'd love to look at the differences in strategy between sort of those two platforms. And we and we are sometimes in a bubble over on X. There was players absolutely um, like like Cleary and Hines. Like you look at everyone's team, it's near on 80%, whereas their ownership doesn't reflect that. It's 36 and 40. And with this Hines news today, it may be even lower. So it's funny how different people play the game and how different social media platforms can influence that. But yeah, Brian Tyler, I think, cool. is a prime candidate for if we're going to buy him, let's buy him after the buy. Yep, good advice. Um, boys, before we move on to the cheapies, shout out to the standard squeeze. Guys, if you're sick of breaking glass bottles, maybe accidentally sinking triple shots because you can't measure a pour properly, your beer's going warm, maybe your coffees are getting cold in the morning, the standard squeeze have everything that you need to drink responsibly, but also conveniently with their food-grade quality plastic and fantastic four-in-ones. You can go to their website, thestandardsqueeze.com, and you can use the code INSIGHT15 to get yourself 15% off everything in store. Now, we're talking cheapies, less than 350K, boys, and, and there's, well, one, two, three, seven, ten, ten guys here. Uh, I mean, look, some of them are a bit of a stretch. We can write Chevy Stewart off right now. He's gone. He's he's done. So you've you got to get him out of your team. He is over 30% owned. So PSA, move him on. Uh, ben Turbo, we've spoken about him. Is there anything we want to add on Ben Travojevic, uh, or are we happy to move on? More so just, are you going to own Jake as well? That's the only major question. Because yeah, we assume you've got Tom, right? Oh, you have, yeah, yeah. I mean, in, I guess in drafts, like, do you draft Jake just, just, just for the? <laughs> yeah, for the I did. Yeah, yeah. We've Get all three. Um, yeah, that. so Turbo's fine. Let's put a line through Chevy Stewart. Let's put a line through Kale Eero. Put a yep. line through Jed Cartwright. We've spoken about Bostock. Spoken about Savage. That leaves us with a good three or four players to talk about. And you know the best part. I'm happy to talk about Jamin Salmon for the next 10 minutes because oh, there is a very big intrigue <laughs> the there. Fish. The fish. The fish. The, the weak gutted dog. All of the above. Uh, yeah, let's let's talk Salmon because he does have the 2RF center wing jewel, the highly coveted jewel. Uh, good friend of the show at SC Guns has stretched very far and said it gives off 2020 Isaiah Yo vibes, oh. which is a... Oh. I'm, I'm, I love an overreaction, but I'm fucking hell. Um... <laughs> 9.9% owned at the moment. Named, look, played amazing in trial week one. And I so was sitting on Kepi. So did Sean Kepi. Um, I was sitting on a train in the middle of Sydney and my heart broke when I saw the team list news. I saw our boy Josh Curran demoted to the bench. Do you think whoever's named 13 plays 50 minutes and is Salmon good enough to, to score? What are we going to take? I'm assuming he's a center wing four for a lot of us. Or center wing three, if you're going to have Burbell as a four. It is a four. four. If he scores us 45 points, are you happy? Yes. That's a one PPM, and I think that's a that's a big ask. Yeah. I think that's a big I'd, ask. I'd be I don't know if he can. It just depends on the minutes. He he strikes me as a Victor Radley available in center wing. Just yeah. a great shoveler. 
Yeah, but he wants to do more, doesn't he? We just saw whenever he was on the left edge for Penrith, like he just took the game over. Anytime he had the had the ball in his hand, he just wanted to do everything. I don't know whether that goes away. Like maybe maybe it becomes even more relevant now this year. Maybe he might try to do more and become more involved in the game. I don't know whether he's got it in him to just be that base stack guy that just comes in and does his job. I think he's cheap enough that I'm, I'm happy to look past it. Like I'm not going to sit there and turn my nose up and go, oh, I can't take him. He's... He's priced at a 31. If he starts at 13, like, fuck you, at, at center wing. Like, I'm sitting here looking at Morgan Smithies, who's 350. And I've never seen the guy play footy apart from highlight reels. And I've sort of seen how good Salmon can be. Like, I'm, you know, I'm not sitting here being like, oh, don't pick him. I'm just curious to what upside there is there because yeah. obviously, yes, 2020 Isaiah Yo is a, a wild stretch. But yeah. what are we realistically projecting for him? I think you're right. I bet. My so my question mark at the moment, yes, he's three hundred and ten k or whatever it is. That's nice. That's cheap. But like, with Curran off the bench, let's just say for instance, Curran's off the bench, right? We know Curran can play edge and middle. We they've got Max King, they've got Farmasuli, they've got um, you know a number of middles. They've got Sam Hughes. Are they just going to use this guy as that kind of take the sting out of the game first twenty minutes and then Curran comes on and plays sixty? Like, how do they use him after this? Like, what's the rotation going to look like? Is that like Curran strikes me as that? To me, yeah, Salmon yeah. is the kind of guy that's like, he is Kurt Mann He's for the, the impact guy. two years ago. Do fuck all for 60 minutes, but just be there for us. Yeah. And, and that like kind I of said, makes him super coach relevant, doesn't it? Oh, just, yeah. I, it's just a, a process of, of math. Like if you get 60 minutes, surely you do something. Yeah. Surely you can score 45 in 60 minutes. I don't know. We saw Franklin Pele priced at 220K and he somehow lost money. So... The well, dogs he didn't are, play sixty minutes. That's for sure. Had <laughs> about seventeen. I'm I'm starting with him if he's named at thirteen. Um, Me too. Obviously, um, but yeah, I'm not too sure. I, I'm not expecting a sixty from him. And it's just the appeal, isn't it, of having a guy that's starting lock could potentially play fifty plus minutes in your centre wing. I think that's the attraction, yeah. isn't it? Like, obviously, we're not looking at him if he's a two RF only. It's purely the centre wing duel. Yeah, you know, yeah. you know I, what. Maybe I am after having Josh Curran and an injured Brendan Piakura in my team for most of the preseason. Like maybe I nearly am looking at him even at second row forward because I don't know how many of these 400 guys you can have, but like if you're looking to spend up in centre wing as well, it becomes pretty hard unless you have Sean Kepi as your front row forward one. Well, that, yeah, that's that's the question, isn't it? Like you're looking at you're looking at like, oh, do I go with a bunch of 450k 2RF guys and a bunch of bums at center wing, or do I go with RTS Hammer and the lads and and Alex Safarth and the crew running running as my 2RF? And I'd prefer the latter. Yeah, like if I, Alex Safarth can get me if Alex Safarth can get me a safe fifty, he's boring as fuck. He is 2021 Luke Garner for the Tigers. He gets me 50. I am happy. And RTS is the vibes and the hammer is the, the fin man. That's what I want. Yeah, that's what I want. I'm, I'm here for the I'm here for the vibes. Um, and I think I'd rather that make up than sit there and pull my hair out watching Jack Bostock get a 17 and Satili Chupanua get a 54. Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, sorry, sorry yeah. for sorry for for a lot of people catching strays there. <laughs> I feel like I threw a lot of plays under the bus. <laughs> yeah, just a tad. You just but that's okay. You just you just named everybody's team, and you're like, you know what's better than that? 
anything you've done. Oh, but but that's the thing. My team is also what I've just ragged on. I've yeah, also yeah, had yeah. Bostock. I've also had Satili Tipanua. My team is also shit. Um, <laughs> yep. Mine too, speaking of these last two guys. I was going to say, we talk about boring 2021 Luke Garner. I reckon Kane Bradley could tattoo that in his fucking forehead. Because I've... How many times have I messaged you going, sending the gif of Conor McGregor sitting there at the fucking press fuck conference going, who the fuck is that guy? Yeah, that's Kane Bradley. Bradley. <laughs> like 238k, two and a half percent owned. I mean, look, ownership from, isn't important here. From the clouds, to from fucking nowhere, playing playing left edge. Like, I, I mean, look, we, this is trial two. We don't know whether this is going to happen. We could be having a very different conversation. TLT. I have a feeling is, we may be. Yeah, is Bloor injured? Uh, I think he's coming back from something. Yeah, he's yeah. in the. He's, he's, he's the getting over the PTSD. He's getting over the PTSD of. <laughs> with the Tigers every day for fucking four years. Whenever he closes his eyes, he's got this big L in front of his eyes and he just can't get rid of it. So um, that, he just, that'll he, take some time. He just sees, he just sees Lee, uh, Lee Hallett-Pelagius just in his fucking peripheral vision. Poor. Yeah. Yeah, that's a different conversation altogether. Justin we'll Pascoe just yelling from the sideline at Sean Bloor. Yeah, yeah. No, I love Justin Pascoe getting on the field and throwing a few balls in, in warm-up as well. That's that's my favourite photo of all time. Um, anyway, I don't know whether we have much to talk about Kane Bradley in terms of if he gets named and he's the starting left edge for the oh, Melbourne Storm. 100%. You have to pick him at centre wing, like at 238k. You just have to pick him and just hope for the best, unless Sean Bloor's like named on the bench or something. Oh, I still think I still think you take him. Yeah, like, yeah. even if Sean Bloor's <laughs> named on the bench, and then he plays the first 15 yeah. minutes and Bloor plays the rest. Oh, I just don't care. Delete, delete that. My my girlfriend will have a nice team around too if that happens. Um, and uh, I guess the last one to talk about before we talk about those kind of mid-range guys is Ali Leotower now at 238k 3.5% owned he was great in the first trial unfortunately we we see him in the reserves in the second trial so there's a good chance he probably falls out of this best 17 for the Warriors but in in saying that Transnickel Klukstad is um, at risk of missing game one so that there could be a little bit of movement in this back line. So I would probably urge people to maybe steer clear of Leia Tower because it could be a little bit of a trap. Um, there's every chance potentially he gets named in center uh, in round one and then CNK comes back and we see a big shift in the back line and then he's gone um, into the abyss. And remember remember when, when players are missing round one, it's a long fucking time between now and round one. They get another week. Um, so it's it's really like a three-week three week recovery rather than just a one-week. So um, CNK being in doubt bodes well that I think he plays. I think he, he's tracking well for round two. Um, but yeah, My I mean, Aoi Leotala looked really good in the trial. Um, I thought he offered more than Rocco Berry, but time will tell. Uh, for Supercoach sakes, let's hope Rocco Berry shits to bed mm. in trial week two um, because I kind of need this guy to get named. <laughs> Yeah, yeah it's starting to get very slim with cheapies. We just talked... Okay, so let me run you through the cheapies we've talked about. Burbo, fine. Yep. Zeri, question marks. Okay. Chevy Stewart, gone. Eero, not playing. Cartwright, no way. Bostock, question marks. Savage, ugh. Salmon, ugh. I mean, the best of a bad bunch. Bradley, who the fuck is that guy? Leia Tower, uh, we don't... We're probably not going to get named. Are there any other viable cheapy options? I mean, we talked about Ethan Strange. We in the last pod, we won't talk about him again. But like, is there anybody else? Because like, at yeah. the moment, it just screams you need to pay up at centre wing now. 
Yeah. And that's Look. why I'm like, that's why I'm getting a, a, a semi stiffy for Alex Safarth and Morgan Smithies and the boys in the 300Ks because it's like, Center Wing's not giving us a whole lot and no. we need some. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm looking at my Center Wing right now after my live trade and I've got two of us to check May, Salmon, um, Amiso, Burbo, Bradley, and Chevy Stewart, who was our Leah Tower. So, like, I'm needing a lot to to, to roll my way. Um, my center wing is cooked. I'm in all sorts of dramas. I've got um, X player we haven't spoken about yet. I want to leave it. Uh, Taylor May, Salmon, Burbo, Bradley, Leah Tower, Stewart. X player. I just said all of them are terrible. Oh, we still got a mid range. Okay, we still got a mid range. I was yeah. like, I was like, hang on, what, who are we not talking about? We've still got a whole mid range section to go. Jesus Christ. I've, Mate, we're in I've hour seventeen James- in. I've got James Schiller in my team for the vibes. Yeah, I can understand that. Only for the vibes, though. No, no, for, no for, not for any other reason. Mm. Yeah. And that's the thing. I want to reiterate to people, when they're building the teams, if you have players for vibes, uh, that changes the analysis drastically. It does. If you send this your team and you're like, I'm big, on, uh, I'm big on Karaz or Hammer for the vibes, they get an extra 10-point boost for vibes only. Oh, yeah. So no, if I'm, you, I'm fine if you come to me and say, oh, he averaged this much over the first eight rounds, he's base power, I don't care. If you say he's got vibe, he's got aura. Mm-hmm. All right, straight straight in. I went. Yes, most don't. I actually went Zeri. Or sorry, I actually went Zeri to um, Roger Tuivasa-Shek live before. Didn't uh, nice. didn't advertise didn't it, tell but anyone. like, didn't feel like it. I was just like, I went Curran to Salmon and found myself with some extra money. So I was like. Two of us are Shaq. Right. We need to we need to clean this up now. It's gonna be a long fucking twenty seven weeks. Is it salmon or is it salmon? What are we saying? Salmon. Salmon. So we're saying with I'm no calling him salmon. That's how I pronounce it. I I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Salmon. But... It's like people that say film. Like if they're gonna go watch a film. No, because there like, was a Pakistani you... opening batsman. For he opened the batting for Pakistani. His name was Salmon Butt. Salmon and butt. yeah, maybe maybe that's how you pronounce it. Who knows? No. Maybe we need, we need to get salmon Jamie butt. Salmon to reach out. John, I you know, what? know just John West, the best. I know how to pronounce the Supercoach World Cup hosted by Insight Fantasy. That's pretty easy. Yes, uh, Supercoach, oh, look, I'm sure you've all heard it by now. The Supercoach World Cup, uh, one of my very few good ideas. Basically, if you consider yourself a Supercoach gun, um, we all know you do, but are you the best? Uh, we aren't talking about just NRL. We're talking about all four Supercoach sports. Now, for the first time ever, we are going to find out who is the best in the world at Supercoach through the Insight Fantasy Supercoach World Cup. NRL, AFL, BBL, and NBL, a 12-month marathon. Your rank will be counted as a percentage of total points across all four sports, and it's just $10 to enter, next to nothing. And the cash prizes that we're going to be generating are much more than $10. The top 10 players will be all paid out at the end of the NBL season, so basically this time next year. um, And you ask yourself how to join. I'm getting plenty of DMs about how to join. Simply DM... Myself, Braino, Matrix, or the Insight Fantasy accounts on all platforms, or hit the Discord. The link will be in the description. Poor, AFL I'm season. I'm feeling pretty good about it. I was going to say AFL season's here. We're getting a lot of intra club uh, hitouts. My Twitter feed is now becoming flustered with AFL news, which <laughs> doesn't bode well for my Super Coach NRL knowledge. But I'm actually really pumped. Like, and I'm not just saying this because it's my idea, but like genuinely pumped to have an incentive to play other sports because. I'm sure we've all considered it. We've all considered, oh, maybe I'll play cricket this year and then you'll lose interest after two weeks. Or, you know, you want to play NBL, but Andrew Gaze doesn't play anymore and Andrew Bogut's tweeting some weird stuff on X. 
now is a great you know excuse to to stick through those games. Um, I am looking at moving to Sydney. Uh, I might have Braino take me out to a few Kings games. Uh, it'll be great, great to go watch. Be fun. We'll can, go. You can always pop on like the um the like Insight do all of those competitions anyway. So you can pop across to AFL for the vibes. You can come across to NBL for the vibes. You can come across to BBL for the vibes. Like who's your who's your one AFL player that you're picking for vibes? Ooh. Um Jonathan Brown. He doesn't right. play anymore, mate. 2006. Oh no, Charlie Cameron. Yeah, okay. All right. All right sure. Um I am for the vibes, or actually, I had Guthrie in my team, but he just pinged a hammy today, so he's, he's gone. He's done. And I, I, I've been a converted North Melbourne fan because a few of the boys have just said that I'll, that I should have, good follow them. I don't have LDU for the vibes. Yes, I do. I have LDU. I have uh, Colby McKercher as well. Apparently, he's going to be a gun. Yeah. Um, but for the vibes, that's a good question. I wish Nick Nat knew he didn't retire because he's a pure vibes pick. He's a vibes pick. That is true. All right. I'm sure people are sick of our AFL. No, they don't care about AFL. They don't give the a shit. Let's called Darcy. Yeah, Darcy yeah. With, with blonde hair let's and talk, um, Let's talk about the mid-rangers. The, the 600K roughly down, guys. Um, RTS, we've spoken about at length for the vibes. Um, I'd love to have a vibe count for this episode as well. I reckon it'd be in the hundreds. <laughs> Sorry, can we just oh. reiterate RTS is actually like a fucking really great pick apart from the He's vibes. He's a great like, pick. If he, if anyone, <laughs> yeah. uh, I guess... If we've converted a few of these new listeners from the beginner podcast, centers don't usually roam. And what we mean by that is playing both sides of the field and playing almost yep. a second a second fullback. And if you listen to our beginner podcast, you know how big we are in fullbacks. Vibes. If RTS, shut up. Vibes. <laughs> if RTS is swinging both sides, um, RTS was really good four years ago. He went to rugby and he was really good in a dog shit Warriors team. Um, he's now playing in a really good Warriors team, and we expect him to be great. He's priced at 53. Him not roaming, I expect him to be about a 53. Him roaming could be anywhere upwards of 70, and that's genuine. Yeah. He mentioned in the video, it was like, oh, yeah, we spoke about Joey Manu and the way that he plays for the Roosters, and they felt like I could do that as well. And fuck, like that, that's exciting. Joey Manu was a must have probably the last three years in Supercoach mm-hmm. uh, at different points of the season. Because of that, you know, if Joey Manu just sat on his right center position and just didn't demand the ball, didn't go looking for it, didn't go darting from dummy half, no one would really care too much. The guy's a great player, but the the roaming just takes it to another level. So yeah, I, I'm 100% on board. I'm gonna find. I'm gonna do everything I can to get him in my team this year. Well, RTS is still 30. Like, I wouldn't be is mistaken if he was yeah. 34, 35. Yeah, I was gonna say if you asked me to guess his age, I would have said 34 because he's, he's been around 30. forever. But back in the day when he was coming through the ranks at the Roosters and he was playing like playing on the wing and he had to earn that for a while, then like the guy's a weapon and he's been around in for a long time and I think we definitely need to consider him. But we, we talked about Hammer a little bit. Is there anything to add on Hammer? 600K, 18% owned. Um, Dolphins draw is kind of the centerpiece of this conversation, I guess. So we, we kind of mentioned that earlier. So if you want to go back in the episode and have a look at what we spoke about with Hammer, you can do that. We haven't spoken about Jacob Karaz. And there's there's a conversation to be had around 605K, 3% owned Jacob Karaz. I feel like 3% is way too low. Are people a little bit worried about maybe the injury that's been lurking around and, and the reason why he hasn't been named this weekend, Josh? Thanks for getting me mid mid sip. Um, yeah, I, like I was really keen on Karaz, um, just based off all the injuries that he had last year. You know, big Max King vibes about him just played through injury. 
average 80 points before he decided to break his back. I wish you had that soundbite of Michael uh, of Mike Tyson. My back is broken. Spinal. Spinal. Yeah, good. <laughs> um, but yeah, a little bit concerned that he had a contact bib on in training last week. So probably just not quite there. Uh, I would imagine if this was a round one game, he'd be playing. But you'd like your players to have a little bit of preseason fitness. Um, Karaz is not a guy that needs it. He's not a middle forward that needs the, the, the air in the lungs. He's a guy that can get through work regardless. But you talk about a guy with amazing base stats. Like I'd love to look at um, Karazas through the first eight weeks because it would have been up there with the best. I'm going to try and stall for time while Brano pulls that up. But you'd like for him to have some preseason, um, but I'm not put off by it. He was in my team up until basically he wasn't named for trials week two. And the only reason why is because of the RTS news. If RTS was as relevant as he is, I probably still have Karaz. So Karaz base... 31 in game one, pretty ordinary. Then 46, 46, 41, and 40. As a center wing, that puts you in... So if we look at the last year's base stats alone, Dane Gagai averaged 40. And then we're looking at... uh, That's it. That is it on the season. In the first drive rounds, Karaz would have been equal first in terms of base stats alone. I guess for anyone not in the loop, he had a fractured back. Yeah, that'll do it. It's a there was a bit going on. There was a bit going on at Canterbury with uh, all the injuries that Max King had, and then you got Jacob Carraz, and yeah, it, I feel like three or four of those injuries were at training as well. Um, yeah, bit rough. And this, but, uh, and this is a guy that can go high too. Like he can, like he had the last two years, he's had a score in the hundred and forties. Like genuinely massive upside as well. Um, and when we just, look at the yeah, you got, you sorry, got, I was just going to say when we look at the game against Melbourne as well at Amy Park, mind you, he scored 148 in 80 minutes. He had 46 base. He scored two tries, uh, a couple of try assists as well in this game. Like that, the amount of or sorry, try contributions in this game. 104. Tell me another centre wing that can get you 148. Greg yeah, Marju. That's ridiculous. And, and Garrett getting spoon fed by Turbo. Um, yeah. Like I just wanted to to. My uh, NRL app has decided to die, but I remember this from memory because I got into a mini beef with someone on on X. But like they were like, "Oh, but you, you know, we need the bull- me, me arguments on X." Jeez, come on. Um, they were like, "Oh, what about um, what about uh, Kabraz just getting pumped by you know other teams? We we need the dogs to score well." Um, the dogs were averaging less points a game than the Tigers for the first six weeks of the season. They were getting battered by teams and Karaz was still performing. Uh, my NRL app has officially not worked, but I wish I had those scores on hand, but yeah, they were getting pumped week in, week out and they were scoring less than 14 points a game. And Karaz was still putting up 46 base. And that doesn't include evade stats. He gets plenty of those with tackle busts as well. So um, the only thing stopping me was the fact I'm not going to be able to see him this preseason. If I got a, a game to look at him, I'd be all over him. Um, if you've got, if you're a gambling man, I think Karaz is a great pick. Does he get named at center or wing? That's the dilemma. If you see him named at center, I'm probably off him. Um, but, you know, on that right wing, I'm I'm all aboard. Yeah. Funny, isn't it? Because when you look in fantasy circles, if he gets named at center, he could be a go. Oh, I love it. The jewel. There's no centers. There's no good centers. Yep. Because yep. yeah. he could get that center jewel. But, um, yeah, 
It's funny. Uh, attacking stats are king in Supercoach. Um, so that's Jacob Caraz. Herbie Farnworth, boys. I've been waiting this whole fucking episode, hour and 28 minutes to talk about this bloke. I don't... I actually still just, don't know whether I'm going to pick him. We just skip but, over him, Matrix? Yeah, we should. No, no, if you do it, I'm he's leaving. Right. I'll literally right. cancel we, this podcast I'm glad right we now. had a chat about Herbie Farnworth. Like, you know what? He was good with the Broncos, but the Dolphins aren't the Broncos. So let's talk about Tessie New. I think we need more Dane Gagai airtime. Yeah, we do, actually. That's fair. We can go back to him if you want. I'm sure you'd rather talk about Herbie Farnworth. Uh, give, no, me, look, give me Herbie. I know because I know just, you've been you've been pumping up all preseason, yes. especially in the, in the in the DMs. Finally, I've this been, is your this is your platform to, to maybe give the a only reason. And look, the, maybe the only reason I'm looking at him is because I want a differential. I want a I want a player that isn't hammer that's twenty percent owned around that price point. Now I agree, six hundred and thirty odd k is not ideal in terms of what you would like to pay for someone like him. But he had a higher base than Greg Marju last year, so you you know that there's a little bit of safety in that. We know that the ball is going to go right for the Dolphins more often than it's going to go left, much more often. Uh, when you've got Herbie Farnworth and Jermaine Asako on one side, and then you've got Tessie New and Jack Bostock on the other side, I think I know which way the ball's going to go. So, uh, I mean, and also the fact that he doesn't pass is incredibly appealing from a super coach perspective as well. So for me, I'm kind of like, you know, when he gets the ball in his hand, like Matrix said at the start of the episode, the guy's a good runner of the ball. He's not really going to look to pass too much. I don't give a shit about the try assists or the try contributions. I care about the tries. I try I care about the tackle breaks. The guy's a hard runner of the ball. And, you know, we haven't mentioned this at all in this podcast so far, boys, but he's number one in the hottest hundred. And how many extra points do you get to be number one Talk in the hottest hundred? vibes. Yeah, yeah. Let's just that is the ultimate the vibes. Vibe. That's the ultimate vibe. Best looking bloke in the NRL. So I rest my case. I don't, I don't know how much I don't know how much feasibility I can take with that list. Max King was not in the top 100. Absolute disgrace. Did they put his photo forward of when he had a busted eye? Because that would have definitely had hurt to be, him. Had to be. Yeah. Like that was the only thing. Dude, dude's a model. Um, now nah, look. In all seriousness, the only thing with Herbie is when I was looking at my team today and I was like, "Oh, Mike Acevo, he's an option." What about Herbie? He's 630k. Nice. <laughs> I nearly yeah. fell over. I nearly fell over, but um, any set play that gets drawn up for Asako is going to be nice because it stops with Herbie. Um, <laughs> and he'll just crash ball it. So that's great. And the Dolphins draw is great. Yeah. I didn't even mention the draw, but very relevant point. The same kind of argument as Hammer, I guess. And, and look, Hammer at fullback is going to get more ball than Herbie will for 32K less. It depends, so I understand it depends why what he does right. with it. Depends what he does with it. Like Herbie... Runs, barnstorming runs, he's going to get a lot. Would you say, I would say with the Dolphins, he's going to get more ball than he got with the Broncos. Yeah. I think they're stupid if he doesn't. Because he's got so many attacking stripe weapons for the Broncos, don't you? Like, you've got Tony Staggs, who did next to fuck all. But, like, you've got... That's the thing. Like, he was, was, on paper, he was the center too. But we all knew he was the better center. But they they just went yes. to Stags and Cobo, which is fine. Like when you got Cobo, give him ball. I get that. But I think at the Dolphins, they're gonna just feed these two, Asako and and Herbie. Yeah, the ball's gonna go right. Via they're gonna hammer. get frostbite on the left. Yeah, via, via which is why. Which is why us. I th- I think let's also just, that's hope. kind of why I'm off let's Boston. Just hold hands. Let's just hope. <laughs> I'm I'm very happy with with Turby uh, with Turby with Herbie <laughs> and <laughs> Turbo <laughs> and Herbie. <laughs> <laughs> That's a stack. I'm very happy with that. I thought you were saying Tessie New and Herbie. 
<laughs> yeah, he's roaming. <laughs> he's roaming. Um, no, I'm very happy with it with a Hamiso uh, assist to to Herbie. I, we he's still didn't. in my team at the moment, but uh, look, if I'm completely honest and I'm not fucking around too much and taking the piss, that there's every chance that he is the downgrade to RTS to free up oh, some no, cash. Like, to you know, yeah, like you, you're not just saying it for the sake of saying it. Like you've been on Herbie for a, yeah. the better part of three weeks, every day in the yeah. DMs. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. You talked about autocorrect from Brian Tom. Every time I say hey to someone, it just says Herbie. <laughs> so uh, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm big on him, but look, if I have to free up cash, it might be him or it might be a Max King down. I, d- I don't know yet, but there's every chance I'm going to need some money at some point when TLT absolutely bends me over next week. It's going to be a fucking I- disgrace when we get to TLT round one, when we get, when we get to preview and none of us have Max King. <laughs> <laughs> and all of us have Sean Kempi, the Cappuccino. <laughs> oh, mate. Um, do we have a nickname for Tessie New? Is he worth talking about? Tessie Old. Tessie Glue, 470K. Let's move on. Uh, Taylor made 458K. We spoke about him. He's 33% owned for a reason. And just get the bloke in. Cutcherson, 354K, 14.5% owned. I'd rather I'd rather Jerry, just for some upside. He's cheaper. Jerry is Bronson. cheaper as well. Is he, is he really? He's 345K. I'd rather Bronson. Do we really think, like... Look, I will have probably Hacho if he's there, but like they've he's not gonna start, right? Like I know he started in the trials, but I think he does. I think Serrano loves him. Sexton's like, Sexton, again. This they brought week. in Sexton for this. I know they I'm, brought in Hacho I'm big, too. I'm but... a big Sexton guy. I, I rate Sexton a lot. Yeah, but me like, too. I feel like Serrano just loves Drew. No, it's gonna be yeah, Sexton but... and like all these Hacho truthers or these people that like look at the most owned and then just add it or see a number seven there. I'm feeling, some kind of, I'm feeling some kind of prop bet. Go on. Go on. on. We call them bolter bets on the Insight Fantasy Sports I, I, I reckon. I reckon first round at Magic Round. Um, yeah, we, we, you and I will have to buy the first two rounds. If That's if, about 80 bucks, to be honest. If Saxon starts, starts, Matrix gets first two beers at Magic Round for free. Otherwise, he has to buy the first round. Because okay. I just, un- unless, unless, Fair. unless Drew just stinks it up, unless he puts on a Brandon Waker masterclass, like I just feel like it's his. They've shown their hand, haven't they, in these trials? Like, surely if they were going to start Sexton, they would have already started him. Just do a Brad like, Arthur and give and give hands one week and lust it the other week. Yeah, like, yeah. they've just gone all in on on Drew on Hacho. I'm sure yep. there's the niggling calf or something. Yeah, fuck, wait for TLT. I don't know. I, I, I hate it because I'm, I'm actually a really big Toby Sexton guy. Oh, I thought he was good. Like before, was good. before we signed before we signed Caesar and he was a free agent, I was like, can we make a play for Sexton, please? But to be fair, though, people are very high on Drew Hutchison. Like they're massive on him. Like from oh. from apparently people that are close to the club, they say that he is one of the best minds. Yeah. Uh, from from a halfback perspective on the in in the competition. I get so, that. Isn't Hutcho and Burton are too similar? Like they both want to do the same thing. I think Burton wants to do the same thing, but shouldn't. Can we just start Hut- Hutchinson at six and and Sexton at seven, and, seven. And, and just put fucking Burton in the center? Burton please? at center. Yep. Like I gen I genuinely think like I don't know. I said this on Twitter. I think when Ado Card's contract is up. You don't renew it. You play Skelton on one wing. You play yep. Karaz on the other. You send us a, a Crichton and Burton. And 
you may as well get Cleary and Luai. I'll put them in six and seven, see how that goes. I reckon that'd be a good combination. But just run Drew and, and Toby. Don't hate it. Don't hate it at all. And if you're dead set on having Adokar in the team, then have Burton, Zeri, have Karaz and, J- and J- Adokar, and then you put Crichton at one. Plenty to talk about there with the dogs. No one knows. And and we don't either. That's why they're we'll, such we'll a good super coach team because yeah. there's like so many 300K options. There's some 200K options. There's a lot of moving parts. Do we love the dogs because we're talking about super coach? Like we don't love the dogs. We would much rather be talking about, you know, all these Panthers players and all these Warriors players, but we're picking out a few odd few because the dogs are bad. Like I'd much rather talk me... about anyone else than Drew Hutchinson. So can we fucking move on? Yeah. Let me no. Let me ask you this one question: If you're in draft, how many bulldogs are you playing in the top? Are you taking in the top five, six picks? I'm not the person to ask. None. none. I didn't I'll take any. none. None. Like, why would you bother taking anybody from the bulldogs in the first five rounds? That's. I didn't take anybody the in the top the fourteen rounds. I think I dogs. think I have a I think I have a pretty good draft team in the Magic Sponge Patreon League, which was a ten man. Um, let me quickly work how many dogs I've got. I have not many because I picked up the wrong league. This is this is great audio content. All right, we're finally back into the right league. I have zero Bulldogs players in my team, so that answers your question. There you go. And Matrix had zero Bulldogs players in his team, so that's the uh, that's the question answered. We're looking at him for classic only, purely because they're cheap, and that's it. But that is the I only did reason. Tra- I did trade away Payne Haas in a dynasty, and I acquired Max King. So, hey, I like that. Take that. Take um, that. yeah. We're on the Max King train. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, before we take on these questions from the Insight Unlimited members in the Discord, we've got to give a shout out to Ryan from Astute Newstead. So for those of you out there that have rates that are higher than 6.2%, maybe you want to buy a home. Uh, maybe you've got an existing home you want to refinance. You can reach out to Ryan at Astute Newstead for an obligation and cost-free inquiry. It won't cost you a thing. He's going to go through all your stuff. He'll give you basically the, the best recommendation to help you either save some money or find your, your next or forever home. So you can go to his link tree. It's the, the link is Hammond's Home Finance, and you can use the code INSIGHT when you fill out one of the forms on there, and he will get in touch with you and look after you, and it won't cost you a thing. So hit up Ryan. Um, I can personally vouch for Ryan as well. I'm going through the same process with him right now, and he's been an absolute treat to work with. So, Speaking of the great man. Throw it out there. Would you rather, or sorry, this this comes from one Ryan Hammond. Would you rather Asaka and 200k center wing on field or May and Munro? Well, Munro is going to be out. So let's, what other options can we give our our great great friend? Uh, So Munro was, how much was Munro? 380? (laughs) Yeah. Munro was, yeah, three, late threes. So I would rather a salmon. I'd rather. Zeri? I would, I would assume Burbo's in there. But I'm not kidding. Well, obviously, we, we poo-pooed a psycho all night, so we, we yeah, can't go that The, the answer is May and somebody around that price. That's that's the answer. So you're not putting a 200K center wing on field unless it's Burbo. Um, and then, you know, tail and May is a must. And but then what if someone it's Marju? around... What if it's Marju and 200K? What if it's Toto and 200K? Like, that becomes a different situation. Like, what if it's Gagai and 200K? Sorry, yeah, Marju is 483K. Oh shit! Oh, maybe yeah. fantasy is in the three hundreds. 
Fantasy year is three thirty. So fantasy year is three thirty. So Hamo, not people to ask, um, but get get uh, get Keeney. Um, Keeney is an option for fantasy, and yep. uh, it's not going two hundred k. No, you're right though, Matrix. I think you definitely would take Marju for a little bit extra and two hundred k. But the problem is he's looking at basement price two hundred k two hundred four. So now that Stewart isn't an option, there are no other two hundred and four k basement price center wings. That you well, this could is pick where you to go. This field. is where you go to Val Holmes, isn't it? Yeah, and then you get yeah, a two hundred and thirty-eight k bloke. Yeah, yep, yeah. I, I reckon that's Val Holmes. There you go. That answers it. Uh, Matty Granger, thoughts on getting? This is an interesting question, actually. I read this and I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, thoughts on getting Jack Whiten. Thoughts on getting Jack Whiten and starting with him to save a trade and use him as a loop in round one. Now, obviously, when he comes into the team, there's going to be plenty of ball going down the left with Cody Walker and AJ and uh, Keon Kalamatangi on the left-hand side. So is there any love metrics for Whiten? Um, would you use a trade or use a, a starting player in your squad for a guy who's not going to play purely for the loop? No. I mean, like, I've got people that I have that are on buys in week one, but I don't, I'm not bringing them into my team for the loop. I'm bringing them into my team because I see them in my team in six weeks' time. If you feel that way about Whiten, great. I don't feel that way about Whiten. Um, not just yet. I think there'll be some teething issues. I think that he'll come in and could be an option in eight or nine rounds once they work it out. But don't you think Whiten's going to be somebody that they need to work into the team? He's not going to be instantly a gun whisperer. The draw's putrid. It's Manly, which is great, but they're not. He's not playing for that. And then it's the Broncos, um, the Roosters, Bulldogs, Warriors, and the Sharks. And then a buy, and then Melbourne into the Panthers. Not great. Doesn't get much worse. No, no. I I do like the round ten pickup. That's when the draw swings. But just looking at him last year, I mean, his his score was made up of twenty six in base and twelve in evade, so a thirty seven base power. He had a lot of crate, and that crate's going to go down because he's not playing in the half. He's yep. not going to be dominant. And his scoring was only six. So his scoring is going to have to go up. Uh, historically, their left centers haven't done very well, but obviously Whiten's in a very different mold to what they've had before. He's priced at a 52. I think if you're looking at Whiten, that round 10 is, is the time to pick him up when the combinations click, the draw improves, and you get an idea of what he's going to look like. But I'm just looking at a 37 base power with a 52 average, and you're having to expect that scoring to jump from a six to say a 20, which is nearly, you know, one or two attacking returns a game, which for the first seven, eight rounds, I just don't think it's possible with, with their draw. Yep. So let's move on to Dan Eckert's question. What is most important to look at when you're picking a center wing? Does a dual position play a role? Are we looking at base stats? Are we looking at attacking upside? How do you approach center wing metrics? I've got an opinion when it comes to dual position. If, There's two people that are the same price that I have the same opinion. I take the dual position. I don't actively look out for dual position players for the sake of a dual position players. It becomes very handy around origin. It becomes very handy at certain times throughout the year, but I don't add a dual position player because they're a dual position player. If I'm looking at Burbo and Bostock, then maybe I add Burbo because he's dual position player and he's 40K cheaper. But that's only because I can't make my mind up and 
you know, there's a few factors that swing it that way. It's not because he's a dual position player. Do you have any thoughts on this, Josh? So for me this year, I'm taking center wing differently. Uh, in previous years, I've always been an advocate for as cheap as possible. But with what it, on the surface appears to be as little options as possible in terms of cheapies, I'm looking for consistency. So I'm never looking at starting with like an AJ. AJ is a great guy to have mid-year when your team is deep enough for you to, to bench him. I'm not looking at benching a guy that is 650K in round two because they have a bad draw. Um, it's just not something I'm keen to do. So all my center wings I'm paying up for, I'm very happy to start. But towards the middle portions of the year, we attack matchups a little bit more favorably. Um, with your bottom dollar players, they pick themselves, obviously. But I probably put more weight into back rower jewels just because we're going to get more consistency out of them. Um, Burbo has a worse draw than Bostock. But will Burbo go? If Burbo is fit, will he go for a 14? Probably not. Um, so early on, I'm trying to minimize as many of these 15-point scores as possible because it really stunts your cash growth early on. So for me, it's just trying to get... I'm not looking for Burbo to make 300K in eight weeks, but I'm also not looking for him to be a Franklin Pele and lose me um, money. So target your, your upside mid-season. Um, just try and build some kind of foundation early on. Yeah, off the back of that, I guess... You kind of sometimes as a super coach, I have a preference between base stats and attacking upside. And I think it's a it's a really fine balance between the safety of base stats and maybe starting with the safety of base stats and kind of building your team around a really kind of middle of the ground. Uh, you're going to avoid, like Josh said, the bot stocks who get you 10 and 15 points. Those players that purely rely on scoring. Uh, to, to accumulate their points. So I've always been someone, and the way I've played the game has always been base stat focused. Um, maybe that's a little safer than chasing attacking upside all the time, but maybe I just like relying on or knowing what I'm going to get in base more often than not. It's kind of the way I play the game. But um, yeah, I, I completely agree with what you both said. I think uh, more often than not, I think we're kind of leaning towards making sure that you set a really nice stable base uh, and get established early on and get your team established, and then you can kind of start to take more risks and focus but on the draw a little bit more at the back end. In saying that, though, um, if you take risks early with these high upside guys and it pays off, you're off on the right foot because your cash in is going to be huge while everyone yep. else is playing pickup. So um, it's really how you want to play the game. We're not saying that it's a bad approach to go with high risk. It's just not something that I uh, want to do mentally because I take this game way too seriously. So I want to be more mentally stable on a Monday morning. Um, but if you get these high upside guys, right. If you get Jack White and right, um, going back to the last question and he brains it like, and he's draw proof, then everyone's going to be scrambling. He's going to be 600 K 700 K and we're sitting here going, well, Burbo shit. Like, what do we do? Yeah. But those yeah. guys, like you've got to be okay with being, 45,000th in round six if you're selecting Jack Whitens with a small chance that you're in the top 1,000 then because, you know, Roger, two of us are checked for the same price is, to me, a lot safer option. Yeah. yeah. Also, Jack Whitens got less vibes. <laughs> a lot less vibes. Did you say Jack Biden? <laughs> <laughs> um, last question from Brent. 
Now, this isn't a CTW question per se, super coach wise, but thoughts on AJ Brimson at center. Now, he, he's likely going to get the jewel, whether that be before the season starts or whether that be at the round six change. Yeah. So what are our thoughts on AJ Brimson? How does that how does that play out for him? Because when he gets the jewel, maybe does he become relevant, Josh? What, how do you playing him? Well, he's also got vibes. Um, oh, big vibes, right? Not, not, quite, not quite Herbie levels of hot 100, but he was definitely there. Um, the question then becomes like, does he roam? And that's what we're talking about with these centers, with these fullback slash centers. Um, there's going to be a lot of pressure on, on, um, uh, Kenny's shoulders early on. And maybe Des does look to, to Brimson and just goes, Hey, look, can we give this kid a bit of a spell? Like, can you help him out as much as possible? Um, how much is he off the top of your head? Uh, do we have his 587. Okay. So he's, he's RTS. He's just a slightly more expensive RTS with a better draw. Um, yeah, I, mean, I still I go get, RTS. I, I still go RTS too, but I can if if you're in the matrix and sorry, if you're in the Braino camp of being like, I'd love to get Hammer, but I want to just be a little bit different. I think AJ's gonna be great. I don't really think, high on him yeah. in draft because a lot of people in draft, mm. especially a lot of people are taking a fullback and then just forgetting that he's gonna be center wing. Yeah. yeah. I think draft so, is value because you know he's gonna get that jewel. So I think could, I took, that could I, took, help. I think I took him in the fifth round in draft, fifth or sixth round in draft, um, and everyone was like, "I don't," because people don't realize they're like, "Oh, why'd you take AJ so high when you have Tedesco?" And you're like, "You're a moron. He's gonna get jewel." And they're like, <laughs> where's, oh, where's, "Where's he yeah. playing?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think with the fact that Jaden Campbell's out, I think that bodes really well for AJ because um, I do think Des Hasler will rely on um, him a little bit more just to help out um, Kenny a little bit more. Yeah, that probably answers Brent's question. I get his other, he had another question. Targeting the high work rate guys or the players that don't do as much but play for top tier scoring teams. We just answered. Just answer. We just answered yeah. the question, so that's that's good. We've covered that. But that brings us to the end of the questions and an hour and fifty minutes into the center wing pod because there's so much to talk about and we love to dribble a fair amount of shit, don't we, Matrix? Look, we do. Um, look, not my record with beers, but I had an enjoyable time with you guys. <laughs> it's good fun. We enjoyed it, um, and we've we've missed we've missed plenty of players. If we spoke about everyone, this podcast would be a Hello no. Sports seven hour preview special. Uh, it would be a lot. And my partner's backside is in the camera there, <laughs> so I'm just going to cover that yeah, up. I was um, so yeah, uh, if we just talked about everyone, then we'd be here for years and years and years. No. I think you guys are smart enough to work out who we like and who we don't like. Um, pods with upside are great. Jack White and not so great. And if you pop have in, any questions about a player, pop in the comments and let us. Yeah, yeah. Pop in the comments and let us yeah. know who we missed. I mean, I'm sure we've missed players that you've got in your team. So ask, ask in the comments. Let us know, or even hop in the Discord uh, and, and ask us in there because there's plenty of free content in there and an awesome community that you can join that you can chat Supercoach with all year round. Now that the World Cup's on, uh, join the World Cup. You can do all those things as well. Hit subscribe and like. We would appreciate. Appreciate that. Our lives are coming up. Our weekly live will be on Tuesday night every single week when TLT drops uh, for the first time. And I can tell you what, there's going to be a fair bit to talk about when that drops. Um, we've got, gonna suck. We're going to be talking about hot and cold players. We're going to be talking. We're going to actually play a few games on the podcast this year, which is going to be cool. We're going to do guess the NRL player. Um, Josh, do you want to explain a few of these games? Because uh, most of them are your idea. We're pretty boring. Yeah, um, pretty pretty simple. I mean, guess the NRL player, I'll have a player in mind. Your matrix will be like, 
does he play for a Queensland team? And I'll go, yes. And it's like almost like guess who. It's just yes or no questions. Um, we'll rotate each week. I'll have a player. Matrix have a player. Brandon will have a player. We'll do some trivia. Uh, what center wing had the highest base stats from round one? Stuff like that. And you guys can play at home too. Um, Brandon and I will also be uh, the star for the non-Las Vegas um, season launch party hosted by Daily Telegraph. Uh, Matrix will be there in spirits. Um, so for any of you guys that are there, come say hello to us, but not on the expert panel, uh, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a good, be. Be a good time. Really, really keen for the season. Um, and I guess for anyone, I'll, I'll be a bit of a shameless plug. Um, I've paired up with a radio station this year to do a super coach slash fantasy podcast. It's called the super fantasy coach podcast. Very original. Um, that will be dropping in the next couple of days. We'll be recording that once a week going over all the relevant super coach and fantasy topics as well. Um, this is my passion project inside fantasy sports. My goal this year was to um, help these guys out as much as possible. I'm just doing this on the side, but I'd appreciate your support on that as well. Um, that's sort of got everything I've got to plug. Uh, we'll do a we'll, we'll do a betting segment as well during the week. Uh, obviously, we're not promoting anything, but uh, I think it'll cost us ten bucks a week. We'll give you know three selections each. We'll track the multi, and that'll just pay for beers at the end of the season. Um, have end I missed anything? Trip. No, no, just and. Whenever we get an end of season trip from all the winnings from the Punters Club, we'll uh, we'll have to uh, let everybody know where we are so that we can have a few beers <laughs> with the with the viewers. <laughs> I mean, Matrix has got some hookups with the with the Broncos boys. Maybe we can get Billy Bolts on a boat. We've seen Matrix hang out with him uh, in, the, in, the, in the off season. He knows maybe, he likes, doesn't he? Yeah, maybe we can, maybe we can get in the uh, in the dressing room one day. Hey, uh, I know that you know Herbie Farnworth as well, so just pass on my love um, and uh, tell him I'm picking him this year, and he needs to do really well. And uh, he's dead to me now. I mean, Max Max <laughs> King is well aware of the um of the uh, preseason hype, so I'm very fortunate that that Max is very receptive to a few of my DMs. So he's very he's he understands the weight on his shoulders this year for Supercoach, and hopefully, um, I'm not going to name names, but I've got a few NRL players that do ask for advice. So Supercoach in the NRL is way more prevalent than you think it is. Does Max King know that you dumped him out of your team? I haven't. I, we haven't brought. I'm going to tell him. I'm going to tell him. I mean, a new sponsor, Swish, is going to send you a message. Oh, mate. <laughs> yeah. That, guys, we're, we're, we're approaching two-hour territory. So yeah. that'll do. Thanks for, thanks for watching and tolerating us this us whole three. time. It's just us We've had fun. Everyone else has stopped listening. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're done by now. But no, thanks for thanks if you made it this far. Full credit to you. You've done actually really well. Um, but hopefully it sets up your center wing. We'll be back for TLT or the Sunday wrap will be the next pod that comes out where we talk about all the trials and the results there. And then TLT will be the next pod after that. We'll do a fullback pod as well before the season starts. So plenty coming your way. Make sure to hit subscribe and like if you like the content. And we will see you next time for the Sunday wrap up of Trials Week 2. Catch you then. Cheerio. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 